because otherwise how could you perceive yourself even worthy of having your perspective of reality seen as valid? How do you expect anyone to allow you to be who and what you are if you are not prepared to afford the same right to others around you, even those whom you may disagree with? There can be no injustice, folks. All there can be is the one law, service to creation for the creator, service to all equally, service to yourself but not at the expense of others, service to others but not at the expense of yourself, the law of do no harm. And that's all we need. And any legislation that infringes upon that one basic understanding is invalid. It is void, it is no law, and it is entitled to no obedience. And that needs to be the attitude of the entire human race. I still believe we can change things, folks. I still believe we're being given every opportunity to do so. The worse the system gets, the more opportunity we are being presented with to stand up against the system. As long as we do it peacefully, as long as we do it in a united manner, then we will succeed. But the only way that will happen is if you break down the barriers between yourself and those around you. It's really easy, folks. Just be nice to people. Because if you're nice to people, they tend to be nice back to you. I mean, things might be a little bit iffy at first, but eventually people are just nice. If someone around you won't be, then try somebody else. And eventually they will come on board because they will see how much the community has changed around them. And I really believe we can do it, folks. I have every faith in human consciousness to get through this it's just that the people out there, you, you all have to participate. Improve your own corner of the world and create ripples, folks. Because it will work and you will achieve something, but you have to have the confidence in yourself to do it. Well, I think we're pretty well at the end of the show here, folks. It's been a pleasure coming here and talking to you again. It was a long six weeks off. I did get quite a bit of work done, but I was also extremely busy over the six-week period as is always the case, but at least I did get a chance to catch up on a few things. Thank you for anybody who has ever made a donation to the Crow House, to the website. It is the only thing that keeps the whole thing going. The cupboard is a little bare at the moment, folks. We've had quite a large number of expenses in the last month or so, so if anybody can help with anything, it's always very much appreciated. Even if I don't get to answer you personally, please do understand that your donation is very, very much appreciated. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Well, we are seriously out of time, so I'll have to say goodbye for now. I will look forward to speaking to you again next week. Please take care until then. In Lakesh. It was a very large. There was just enough room to cram the drums in the corner over by the dodge. It was a 54 with a mashed-up door and a cheapy little lamp. With a sign on the front that said, the champ and a second-hand guitar. It was a Stratocaster with a whammy bar. <laughs>
denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply.
closed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do either. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Sometimes I find myself alone regretting 
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Telephone, I'll serve my number three. 
internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC didn't use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. There's a discount gold and silver trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do either. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five-and-a-half-hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five-and-a-half-hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three-and-a-half-hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three-and-a-half-hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the Premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Okay, he can't hear me, but I can hear him. Testing one, two, three, or? I, I,
Yeah. Uh, okay, I can hear. I'm. Uh, I'm talking okay. again. I, Kent, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Yes, sir. All right, good, Kent. I let's uh, let's uh, let's start this interview right now. I'm Alfred Addis, of course, and my guest is Kent Hovind. And Kent and I are talking. I'm here in in Dallas. Kent is in prison in in a jail in Santa Rosa, Florida. And we're going to talk about his problem with the courts, being sentenced, being threatened a second time after he's been in prison for eight years. He's now being threatened with another law uh, prosecution where they're threatening to lock him up for 100 years. We're going to talk about that in the second and third segments of this program. But first, we want to talk about creationism. And the reason is because Dr. Hovind, Kent Hovind, H-O-V-I-N-D, was originally called Dr. Dino, in part because he'd spent years arguing in favor of the creationism theory that the world was created as explained in seven days, or in six days, and in seventh day, good Lord rested, in Genesis. And it's it's Dr. Hovind's contention that this is a this is not just an allegory, a metaphor. This is what happened. And the reason this is important to me is because I don't know if Kent Real remembers this or not. Dr. Hovind remembers, but I published one or two of your articles in my magazine, The Anti Shyster, back in the 1990s, and I also interviewed you one or two times on radio programs I was doing back then. And you were the first person to introduce me to the idea that evolution might not be as smart as a lot of people suppose. You sensitized me to that idea, and later, 10 years later, basically, in 2006, I was threatened with charges by the Attorney General of the state of Texas for manufacturing and distribution of a controlled substance. Substance was colloidal silver, uh, it wasn't, but it wasn't heroin or cocaine or whatever, but nevertheless, it was the same laws. And it's because Dr. Hoven sensitized me to the significance of Genesis that I was able to draft a freedom of religion defense that stopped the Attorney General's prosecution. He'd invested six years and nearly half a million dollars on pre-trial investigations and pre-trial hearings. There were six other defendants long before I ever got into, into the case, but I was the last one. I, I made a freedom of religion. You saved me fines of $25,000 a day. That's $9 million per year. So point I'm trying to make is that creationism, some people might think it's a little bit of a goofy concept. I can tell you that it works. All right, This has value in the court system if it's presented properly. And so I'm grateful to Dr. Hovind from you know, just talking to him to 15 years ago now probably. So having said that, why don't we talk a little bit about creationism and show people that this is not just some kooky idea. Let's hear a little science, and then in the second and third sections, we'll talk about the previous trial and the one that's coming up on March 2nd. All right. Well, thank you so much, brother, for having me. Uh, it's an honor. My name is Ken Hoven. I live in Pensacola, Florida. Right now I'm in the Santa Rosa County Jail, 30 miles from Pensacola, but uh, uh, I was a high school science teacher for 15 years. I taught uh, science and math, uh, biology, earth science, and physical science, and algebra, geometry, and trig. 
And then when I moved to Florida 25 years ago, I got to saw an article in the paper that said the dinosaur bones were found from 80 million years ago. And so I wrote my first ever letter to the editor. That's called a news journal. And I said, no, fellas, these dinosaur bones are from the flood in the days of Noah. Bones don't fossilize unless they're buried right away. And these bones are all together, articulated. You can still tell the shape of it. You know, animals die in the woods. They get dragged all over by the coyotes. They don't stay together in, you know, skeletal shape. And millions of fossils are found. And I said, so these were found. These were probably buried in the flood in the days of Noah. I said, furthermore, the earth is not millions of years old. And that's easy to demonstrate. Well, that was my first ever letter to the editor. And it ignited a firestorm. I was called everything but a white boy for the next six, six months in that paper as they blasted me back and forth, and I wrote letters to the editor. Finally, the local university, they were reading my articles in their uh, anthropology class at University of West Florida, and uh, one of the students called me and said, Kent, uh, would you like to come debate our professor? Uh, I, I said, well, I've never had a debate in my life except with my wife, and I lose those every time. I don't know anything about debate rules and tactics and all that, but I know the subject pretty well. So Anyway, so I did my first ever debate, and that, that led to a, uh, a, a full-time ministry. I started getting calls all over the place uh, asking, hey, would you please come speak on our, uh, our church? And it, it just rapidly grew, uh, evolved, maybe the right word, into a full-time ministry. And so for nearly 20 years, I traveled all over the world, uh, spoke about seven, eight, 900 times a year, uh, I've done a hundred debates at universities now, uh, and I uh, tear them up sweetly, of course, in Christian love. Very quickly, I defend the position that the Bible is literally true and scientifically accurate in every single detail. God created the world in six days, six literal, normal, 24-hour days. That's the only way it works. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. Animals breathe in the oxygen and give off the CO2. How on earth could one live here for millions of years without the other? We exchange the gases. And so there are thousands of illustrations we can give. But the point would be a, a, a creation that is, takes place in six days is the only way that it will work scientifically. There are so many thousands of examples of animals and plants that have what are called symbiotic relationships. One animal requires a certain plant to live, and that plant requires a certain animal to pollinate it. And there, there are just literally thousands of examples of I defend the position the Earth is only 6,000 years old, which is what the Bible dates add up to. Actually, the whole universe is only 6,000 years old. And God made it in six literal 24-hour days, and then God recorded for us his word and preserved that word to the very day. And I have a copy of it right next to me here. I have, uh, this is God's preserved word of God. So because I take that simple stand that the Bible is true, that makes some people really upset. Well, that's okay. Uh, we can talk about it. I can stay calm, and they usually can't. But you know, in a in nutshell, that's my position. I think everything we see today can be explained scientifically by instant creation and a global flood in the days of Noah. We can talk about Grand Canyon, if you'd like, or the Great Prairies, or the uh, you know the fault lines in the earth, which you know, earth science is one of my favorites. Anyway, I can remember. Myself, brother, I think the creation. I can remember you talking about the idea. People said, oh, it couldn't, we, creationism can't be true because we can see these stars that are millions of light years away. Well, at least light years away. I don't know if it's millions. But regardless, the point is 
the light takes all that time to get here. They had those stars had to be here seven million years ago or whatever in order to account for the light waves. And you said, I can remember you explaining that no, it doesn't have to be that way. Good Lord could have created the light at the same time he created the stars. And even though they might be that distance away, they could still have been created on the day of creation, and the light could be here at that time. I don't know if... That's that's one explanation. Yeah, if he can make the star, he can make the light. But even a simpler one, there are 11 times in the Bible, it says God stretched out the heavens. What if he made the stars closer here and stretched them out to where they are, like the Bible says he stretched them out, Adam and Eve would see the taillights of the stars as they're receding. Suppose the stars are moving away at 95% the speed of light. Today they may look like they're billions of light years away, but yet only created 6,000 years ago. I understand. God stretched out the heavens. I understand. Secondly, I... we do not know that... Yeah, we, thirdly, I guess, we do not know that the speed of light has always been a constant. There have been many experiments. Just last year, they were in Scientific Magazine, I forget which one... Um, Scientific American, I think, got an article where they slowed light down and stopped it and looked at it. What does light look like when it is stopped? Well, that was just done last year or so. Well, I saw another report that you may have seen just in the last few months. They landed a satellite on a comet. And what they've determined up until then, there was a strong theory that comets were just big Big blocks of snow, they're like big snowballs. Dirty snowballs was the term that some people had used to describe the comets, comets, uh, believing that they were mostly made out of ice. And therefore, they believed that the comets were the source of water that eventually covered most of the Earth. But they got up there and they put a satellite, or, you know, they, 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 not a satellite per se, but a, a uh, rocket device, I can't think of the proper term, they landed it on the comet just in the last few months, and they determined, nope, there wasn't much ice up there at all, which means where did the water come from on Earth? If the Earth started as a ball of fire, essentially, molten rock, maybe some people think that, where did the water come from? I mean, the Bible answers that question, yep. but, but science cannot answer where the oceans come from. How did they happen to be here? All of which suggests that the creationism theory is far more rational than most people suppose. Again, it's not just a myth or an allegory. It, it is a viable, it's a viable foundation. Now, when you try to present that and do a good job of it. It's one thing for people to talk about these subjects who don't really know or they can't express themselves very clearly. But when someone is able to express these ideas clearly, they pose a threat to a system that is ungodly, anti-godly, and doesn't want people to believe in the Bible. I wonder if you understood at the time how important how significant the threat was that you posed against the government. Did you have any idea of how much of a threat you were posing at the time? I guess, yes, I know that there's only two philosophies of government. One is based on creation and one's based on evolution. If there's a God, then God decides how we're supposed to behave and how we're supposed to govern each other, if at all. 
And so that our founding fathers believed that. We have these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. Yep. There's a creator that gives us rights. Those guys don't make good slaves, man. They throw the tea in the harbor and start a war against... We have 60 seconds <laughs> Nope, I have to call right back, brother. Yeah, yeah when this call breaks, just, just for the sake of the audience right now, the call's going to be interrupted briefly. Kent will call right back, and we'll start up again in another segment. Uh, we'll take some commercials between this. They'll be added after you and I talk, Kent, and you call back just as quick as you can, and we'll start the second segment, and we're going to do three segments all together. I'm Alfred Adisk here with Kent, Dr. All Kent right. Holden, and we will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. I'm talking to Dr. Kent Hovind. He is in prison, in actually in jail in Santa Rosa, Florida. Um, he went crosswise with the government eight years ago. He's been in prison for eight years. Got two to go, and the government's trying to charge him with additional crimes that could cost him. They're threatening him with a hundred more years in the slammer. We're going to get to that as we go along here. Um, we talked about in the first segment about creationism, which is which poses an, a vital mortal threat to the government of the United States. I'm going to tell you why I know that's true. Again, I've been sued by the Attorney General of Texas for 25 grand a day, $9 million a year. I read the relevant laws concerning drugs and the definition of drugs that you can find at 21, Title 21, United States Code, Section 321, and also somewhere in the Florida Code. Um, the definition of drugs includes the phrase man or other animals which means the government presumes man to be an animal. It doesn't say man or animals. It says man or other animals. I am not a Bible scholar, but I am a Bible student. And I saw, I knew that thanks in large measure and to significant measure to Dr. Hovind, I knew that Genesis says on the sixth day God created man in his image and gave man dominion over the animals, which means I can't be an animal. As a Christian or a Jew, I can't be an animal, and I can't be subject to laws that say I'm an animal, and all of the drug laws are based on the presumption that we are animals. And in your case, I believe it was your second offense, uh, 45 counts of structuring, that was ultimately tied to drugs. 
you're in prison in part because you are presumed to be an animal. And the Bible says, no, you're not. You're given dominion over the animals. At least that's one interpretation. Genesis and creationism may provide a defense against those accusations. Does that make any sense to you, Dr. Hovind? Oh, sure does. Yes, sir. We haven't used that defense, but the, there's there's no question in this in the public schools that the court. I mean, the textbooks and teachers often consider students an advanced animal. When yeah. we were given dominion over the animals, yeah, we are not just an advanced animal. We, and, and plants have a body, animals have a body and a spirit, and man has a body, a spirit, and a soul. We are indeed very different. Well, and and. All of evolution presumes us to be animals. If we subscribe to the theory of evolution, it, it lays the foundation for presuming you are you and I are just animals evolved from lower forms, from lower forms on to back to whatever microbes started this whole thing going. But you and I, under evolution, we're just animals, and as such, we are not entitled to the God-given unalienable rights declared in our Declaration of Independence. It says on the uh, Declaration, we hold these truths to be self-evident, all men, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. If you didn't get any rights from God, and there aren't any in under evolution, then you have no claim on life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. And in the second sentence, says that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, um, telling us the purpose of government as envisioned by the founders was to secure our God-given unalienable rights. If the government can presume you to be an animal and get away with it, you have no claim on those rights. They're only for men made in God's image and endowed by their creator. That's my argument, at least. And in my case... It worked. They dropped a case where they'd invested one half or nearly a half million dollars in six years, pre-trial investigations and hearings, because the whole war on drugs is based on the presumption that people are animals. However many people you know in the slammer right now that are there on drug-related crimes are there on the fundamental presumption that they are nothing but livestock. Pharmaceutical profits of billions of dollars based on the presumption they're doing drugs. They are based on the presumption you and I are all livestock. Billions, maybe trillions of dollars in profits are being depend on that definition. Prison industrial complex, there is an enormous consequence if this idea gets out. And the point I'm trying to make with this is that you touched on something that was spectacularly powerful and you were having success promoting that idea and eventually some of the great unwashed like myself might figure out how to use it. Uh, so we are presuming that your punishment is not simply a question of guilt or innocence, but a question of magnitude. The magnitude of your punishment suggests that you are being hit hard for reasons other than the offense that's alleged. Do you think you're there for political reasons? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any question. If you look at, they did an investigation on me for nine years, couldn't find anything. I, I, I tried to obey all the laws. I don't, I'm not a lawbreaker. So when they came and arrested me for structuring, I said, what on earth is that? There's all kinds of details about my case on the website 2peter3.com. Just the number two, the word Peter, and the number three. The people want to read all that <laughs> about the original case. There are also quite a few YouTube uh, interviews up where we've talked about that. 
uh, yeah, I still maintain, like Job in the Bible, I maintain my integrity. I did not break any laws that applied to me. And so I am an innocent man. I've been down 99 months now, and they just moved my trial again another month on this new really ridiculous charge, uh, mail fraud, which carries a 20-year sentence by itself. And there are six charges. It is, they just, they're so desperate. To, what they, yesterday they announced at their pre-trial, we just had a little hearing yesterday, and they said they're going to call 25 witnesses. Well, the government does this when they're desperate. They parade a whole bunch of witnesses up there. For instance, they're probably going to call somebody from Google to testify. They'll make Google spend hundreds of dollars to fly somebody from California in here to testify. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a record of the emails or the phone calls. Or, okay, well, we would agree. Why do you need to... Like this preacher that had in his written in his notes for his sermon, he said, "This is a weak point, so yell louder." Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what the government does when they when they don't have a case, they throw a whole lot more fluff and snow at it. You know, let's, let's blind everybody. Oh, wow, much they must have something to the wall. And see how right. much sticks to the wall. And the jury will think, well, hey, we, he's not guilty. Well, we've got to find him guilty of something. I mean, look at all the money they spent. And they have spent a fortune on this case, and it's for nothing. It's yeah. because I That's filed a complaint. I mean, like I say, you may be far more significant than you suspect. You know, your impact may even be growing while you are in prison. There's a little bit, I, in retrospect, I think Satan, if he had it to do all over again, he might not have put the Messiah up on a cross where he could be seen by all. It's kind of like putting a neon sign and saying, look, look, look at the... He could be seen by all in time by... Instead of just secretly burying him in a hole, they attracted attention, in a sense, with the cross. They have attracted attention to you by putting you in prison under very strange circumstances. And in the end, it may communicate, cause your message to be communicated far more widely than might otherwise have been the case. Now, that's maybe perhaps small satisfaction for you, but it strikes me as possible. Do you think it's possible, or am I missing something? No, you're absolutely dead on. I'm sure not the Messiah. I can promise you that. But no, I understand, but I'm not arguing yeah. that point. But you can yeah. see, you know, right. they have attracted attention. Part of the reason yeah. I'm asking that is your trial has been postponed now. It was scheduled to come up, but I guess in the next few days, I'm not sure. It's been postponed to March 2nd. Do you think that postponement reflects the political attention that you're attracting right now with the media, with internet, with, uh, with with email, with people contacting congressmen and senators and saying, let's do something about this? Are we generating enough political Are we generating enough Go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. I hope... I hope there's a lot of political heat on this case. I don't know what's causing it. This has been postponed now five times. I've been mm -hmm. living here in county jail for uh, almost nine months. This is ridiculous, okay? Uh, but Philippians chapter 1, Paul said his, his bonds, his going to prison, has resulted in the gospel getting out further. Yep. So that's all I'm concerned about. I hope so. Yeah, please spread the gospel around. Well, you know, another thing about this is I've heard you on other interviews, and your voice does not sound sad, it doesn't sound defeated, it doesn't sound bitter. <laughs> it sounds like you just left the living room from watching a little TV this morning and you've stepped out into the kitchen to talk to us. And 
I'd like you to explain. I already know the answer, but I'd still like you to explain to the audience why you're not beaten down by these circumstances. Well, a good percentage, maybe half the Bible, is written either from prison or captivity or people who went to prison or captivity. So I'm in good company. Uh, God has been great. I've learned a thousand things I never would have learned had I not come. I've sure met people I wouldn't have met. We have Bible studies in my room four times a day. I've led uh, uh, four men to the Lord this month, about 700 since I've been in prison. And we just really, this is a, this is a great fishing hole. They can't get away from me in here. So the, the spiritual growth has been phenomenal in some of these men. So now God's been good. Uh, he, he has used it for his glory. I've written a lot of books. I've earned a couple more degrees. I'm certainly older and certainly smarter. I still feel great. God has been just wonderful to me. So, yeah, the prison, as much as I don't like it, as much as I wish it didn't happen, and as much as I'm ready to go home, uh, I, God, so if you end up going to prison or anybody does, it is not the end of the world. Don't despair. God will be with I, you through the whole I've been there for most of a year on one occasion, and I agree. It. It, I knew from okay. the beginning good Lord was putting me there. I never thought he was going to keep me for a year or nearly a year. Uh, I didn't think that would happen, but I was quite content. It didn't disturb me in the least to be there. And I told people if I'd known how much I would be blessed by being stuck in that prison or in that, it was a jail. It was a level five maximum security jail. It was a county jail, but it was level five maximum security. If I'd known how much I would gain from that, 344 days. I would have fought my way in years ago. I didn't like it, don't want to go back. But still, it was blessing. And I understand what you're saying. It's not necessarily the end of the world to get thrown into prison. And uh, while you're there, you've written a number of books, true? I have 37 books. Uh, Quite a few are in, well, I've been done with them for a long time, but they're in limbo for various reasons. But probably my uh, one of the more important ones is my one where I had to change my, my doctrine on end times. Uh, we are going to be here for the tribulation. I had to, after 40 years, switch from pre-trib to post-trib rapture. Yep. Uh, and I cover that in my book, What on Earth is About to Happen, for Heaven's Sake. So if you get a chance, it's good on 2peter3.com. Right. What on Earth is About to Happen, for Heaven's Sake. And I give all the reasons why. The church for 1,800 years believed and taught the post-trib, pre-wrath, rapture. I was guilty of confusing wrath, which is what the world does to us, and tribulation. I'm sorry, wrath is what God does to the world. We're not here for that, but we are here for the tribulation. That's what the world does to us. I was also guilty of confusing the day of Christ, which is the rapture, with the day of the Lord, which is a thousand years. They are not the same. And so once you get those straight, it just all clicks together like a big Sudoku puzzle, like, whoa, this is it. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, I have written 37 books, and God's been really good. All right. Now, do we want, let's, let's talk about you. Were, in your original case, there were three charges. Not withholding, 12 counts of not withholding on behalf of uh, people who were working at your facility. Uh, they, you're arguing they were there as private contractors, government saying they're employees. You had 45 counts of structuring, and you had threatening an IRS agent, and if I understand correctly, that threat was taken from you praying for that IRS agent on a radio program. Is that true? That's the only evidence. 
that's the only evidence we could ever get. Uh, you know, exactly what, when, why, how. You know, where, where's the... Yeah, it was it was just bizarre. We were just we had sixty seconds my, my wife and I both were just shocked. Like, what did we do? <laughs> you know, structuring. We went to our own bank and took out our own money and paid our own bills. Is yeah. this a crime now? And actually, yeah, and they used drug laws to say, oh, that 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 money not only was structured, it should be forfeited. And since I don't have any money, and it was spent five years ago on church projects, they said, we want to seize the church ministry buildings, which is what they're doing now. That's what this new case is all about. Let me call right back, and we'll discuss all that, brother. I will be back with Dr. Kent Hoven in just a moment. Please stay tuned. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. All right. All right, we're back with Dr. Kent Hovind, who is calling in from the Santa Rosa Jail, County Jail in Florida, where he's being detained in anticipation of another trial after eight years in the slammer, two to go. He's being threatened with another trial that could put him away for another hundred years. One of the things before we get to that, the third count in your first trial was threatening an IRS officer. And you don't seem to understand where that threat was other than perhaps praying for him on a radio program. My point is, insofar as they charge you with threatening an IRS agent, does that create or did that create the impression in the jury's mind that you were prone to violence? Hmm. Uh, probably. My attorney said, after they put on their dog and pony show, he said, Kent, don't even give a defense. Don't say a word. You did nothing wrong. The jury can see that. There's no law broken here. Don't even give a defense. I said, okay. And so then, after we closed our arguments, the judge changed the jury instructions. From saying if they took out more than ten thousand to saying if they took out less than ten thousand. For structure. Well, that's not what the law says. Yeah, that's like saying the speed limit is seventy and they stop you going sixty-eight miles an hour and say, "Well, you're trying to avoid the speed limit ticket." Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. Yeah. That means the real it's speed no limit reason. is sixty-eight. It's not seventy. And if you go sixty-five, yeah, okay. they'll charge you for structure. That means the real speed limit is sixty-five, not sixty-eight. Before you know it, you won't be able to. 
<laughs> you'll have or you'll be arrested for walking on the highway. Well, and then after trial, the judge said, Ken Hovind, your crime is worse than rape. And everybody in the were like, what? And so then when we finally got the transcript, 16 months after we paid for it. And you needed it, it in 12 months gone. to make an appeal. True? Well, partially true. There are two different issues. One involving the 12 months. That was later with the 20 to 55. But that, but that wasn't related. No, I needed it to appeal, but there was not a 12-month limit on this one. That'd take a long time to explain. But, you know, they kept it for 16 months and altered it. Somebody did. And people need to call Congress and say, look, you need to do a full investigation here. What happened in this case? Congress will say, we can't get involved in an active case, or we can't get involved in the Justice Department. They've got 10 reasons why they can't do what they're supposed to do. But yes, they should. They should investigate what happened. If, if the judge changed the, the trial transcript, then she needs to be impeached, plain and simple. Yeah. They're only appointed to life during good behavior. If she ordered the clerk to do it, she needs to be impeached. If she the allowed it, it to take place, regardless of who altered it, I'm going to argue that she is responsible for correcting the, making some sort of a correction. If it's been altered, I would suppose that she should be ultimately responsible for making sure it was corrected again to say what was really there. Somebody's responsible for this. Well, yeah, but see, it's, they're not going to investigate themselves. Are you the kidding? Pilot. It's going to have to come from. Uh, it's got to come from Congress, and Congress won't do a thing unless they get a hundred thousand phone calls saying, "Would you do your job, please?" Now, it's not my job to judge the judge, but if this, if indeed this happened, then this original trial needs to be overturned, which of course is going to be very embarrassing for them, and they're going to avoid like the plague, and they need to return all the property they stole, and they need to. Uh, pay the damages, and they need to leave me alone. I wasn't asking for it. I was sitting reading my Bible when they came and SWAT team and arrested me. My wife was sound asleep when they surrounded her bed. Four agents woke her up, uh, armed agents. Wouldn't yep. let her get dressed, go to the bathroom, or put a robe on, and dragged her down in handcuffs to the courthouse in her nightgown. Yes, I'm a little upset about that. I think any man that loves his wife would be. We've been married 41 and a half years, and they terrorized my wife. I think they need to be terrorized by their own SWAT team, saying, look, you guys have to obey the law like everybody else. You don't change the trial transcript. If you do, you get fired from your job. I, I put in a complaint of misconduct against my judge and against the U.S. attorney, they are both posted on 2peter3.com and a hundred other places, and the people should definitely copy those and preserve them someplace, because it's just a matter of time before somebody comes in and starts shutting down websites that have this information on there. So please, copy and disseminate everything. The best place to hide all this stuff is out in the open in a million locations. So they well, I agree. I agree. The only time, the, the only time you're in danger is when you're the only one that knows the secret. All right. Once you publicize things and you get them out there dispersed, the government is hard-pressed to do anything about it because if they do, it attracts more attention to whatever it is you're trying to communicate. One thing I know I've learned over the years, the only thing the government fears is public exposure. Now, you're well, having I, I come to the conclusion. I think they fear the truth. Yeah, they, fear, they don't even fear the truth in my opinion, unless okay. that truth is publicly exposed. That's what they're concerned about. They don't care what the truth is. That doesn't bother them. 
But if the public finds out, that bothers them. You're having success at attracting attention right now. Have you had success all along while you were in in prison and now in this jail, or has it has your success increased in recent times? It's been exponential in the last six months uh, because of this new charge, which is so bogus. Uh, the same day I filed a complaint of misconduct against the judge and against the U.S. attorney, I wrote up a Liz Pendens, which says, hey, there's litigation pending on this case. Same date, I believe, May. That's what they're threatening with more prison for, is for just notifying people, hey, about the property. Is there's litigation still pending. That's what you're supposed to do, is file a Liz Pendens if litigation is still pending, so that the buyer can be aware. You want to buy this property? Well, make sure you know this is still in a lawsuit. Oh, okay. They're claiming I damaged them and tried to uh, extort money. I'm not going to get any money from that. Their whole case is so... It's, there is no case at all, and they know that. But therefore, they got to make a lot more noise and you know make it look you know, huff and puff, uh, which is all they're doing. But they've got the guns. I mean, they can look. No, no. And they can put me away. Yep, that's that's a fact. There's none of us that are so smart that we can avoid this. All right, if somebody decides they want your scalp on their lodge pole, you're going to need a hat because they're going to get it. But they have so many people they could go after. They can't go after very many. For example, it's my understanding that they only file about 1,000 criminal charges per year. I'm talking about the Internal Revenue Service. There's a lot of civil cases, but in terms of criminal, when people actually stand to do time, there's only about 1,000 instances across the whole country every year, which is a triviality. Out of 150, 180 million people who should be paying income tax, they file 1,000 a year for criminal. You've got to do something special to get on that, to be among that chosen 1,000, if you catch my drift. Uh, they're not doing it alphabetically. I'm honored. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, saw, I, I, saw, I saw a copy of, there's a uh, newsletter for United States Assistant Attorney Generals. I think it's USAA, USAAG, I don't recall. I saw it back in the 90s. I don't have a copy of it anymore. But I read it, and I quoted one of the articles in the magazine at the time. They were interviewing a prosecutor who explained the reason they target particular individuals for criminal prosecution. And she explained, for example, they'd had, an out, they'd had a lot of airline pilots at the time who were not paying income taxes. <laughs> so what they did is they went after one or two airline pilots, and they, they busted them. I mean, they hurt them just as bad as they could in order to scare the rest of the airline industry into paying their income taxes. They made the point that they selectively prosecute in order to get the most publicity value possible, all right, to get the most bang for the buck. And the implication, the strong implication, is that people like yourself are selectively prosecuted. This isn't just a randomness. I mean, all of that chosen 1,000 are pretty much there on selective prosecution. But in your case, that would have been especially true. Yeah, I, I, I have no evidence for or against that. All I know is I've been in jail 99 months, and I sure did yeah. not break any laws. And their Congress needs to call me to testify, and they need to call in the IRS agents that came against me. Because I wrote, they would write me, they would send me a tax bill, and I would answer them, and they would never respond. I never got one letter. 
never one response. I re- always respond. I pay every tax I owe. If I owe something, please show me. I'll pay it. I, I'm not a tax protester, but I have said a thousand times, and I'll say it again. I'm glad our country was started by those guys. They threw the tea in the harbor and started a war. I, I might have been out there with them. I don't know, but I have other fish to fry. God has called and equipped me to teach people on creation, the scientific evidence for the Bible, dinosaurs, the flood, those kind of things, and now end times. And so this should, I don't have time to fight every battle. So I'm not, the IRS is not my battle. They're, they're the reason I'm in jail. And they need to be shut down, completely shut down. And especially these agents that came against me, they need to be completely examined. What did you do? Why did, who gave you this authority? They I think they clearly broke some laws and violated not only their own laws, but the God's laws. And they need to be investigated. Congress should do their job. But they won't unless they get 100,000 phone calls from people saying, look, get on the ball. Kent, we're going to run out of time here in a moment, and this call, this this list call is going to be terminated. Do you want to come back for one more segment, or is this enough for you? I'd love. If no, you call I'd love back, to, uh, brother. If you got time to do another segment, uh, call in whenever this one ends, and we will start up a fourth segment for this program. Um, yeah, I'd like to give people some. Hang on, brother. I'd like to give them some help that'll help them on the. Like the formation of Grand Canyon, Christians wonder how could that form, or like the starlight was just one, or where do dinosaurs fit in? Uh, we have a lot of stuff on drdino.com and 2peter3.com that people can get and copy. We've seen probably 100,000 people get saved watching those crazy videos. They're in 40 languages, uh, so please use them. That, that It blesses my soul to know that my prison time gets more people to know about the gospel and about the creation ministry, so <clears throat> it's definitely Philippians 1. My bonds are make the gospel go off further. Please, brother, I'll be honored to call back. Uh, we've got a bunch of topics hanging, though. So which one was next on your list there? I don't have a list anymore. We've pretty much touched on it wherever you want to go in this fourth segment, and this will be the last segment. It will pretty much consume the hour for us. You can go ahead and however you want to outline it right. in the segment that will start just a couple of minutes. We're going to take a little break here for uh, uh, while the phones get reconnected, and we will be right back on the American Independence Hour with Dr. Kent Holland. Please stay tuned. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 
97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. We're back with Dr. Kent Hovind on the American Independence Hour. Dr. Hovind is talking to us from inside the Santa Rosa, Florida County Jail, where he's being kept in anticipation of a trial. They're threatening to send him to prison for another 100 years. He's already been sentenced to 10, served 8, and they're threatening to come after him for another 100 years. Dr. Hovind wanted to talk about, well, you just go with it wherever you want to go. This is the last segment. Now we'll have... I don't know, 12, 14 minutes, however much they give us, and uh, run and gun, Dr. Holman. Hey, man, thank you, brother, first of all, for having me and for having this program. I've always appreciated your outreach trying to spread the truth, man. People need to know. I think that evil people fear the truth more than anything, and that's all I just want. I love the Lord. I've been a Christian 46 years now, and I just want to serve him and please him. And if coming to prison does that, well, okay. Joseph did not want to go to prison, I'm sure, as a 17-year-old. and spent 13 years in Egyptian prison, but God used it in a great way. I'm sure Daniel did not want to be neutered and go to Babylon and serve 70 years, but, well, he did, and God used it in a great way. So I'm honored that God would, uh, would do something with my life, and uh, that's all I've ever wanted to do for 46 years. Uh, the, in the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, which is, we have a website, 2peter3.com, in that Second Peter 2.3, it says the scoffers in the last days, and we have a bunch of them in the world today who scoff at the Bible, uh, these scoffers are going to be willingly ignorant. In the Greek, that means dumb on purpose. They like being stupid. Okay, they are willingly ignorant on three things, it says in that passage. They're ignorant about the creation. They don't understand what the world used to be like. Why? Because they lived to be 900 years old before the flood came. Read Genesis chapter 5. They live to be 900. Okay, why? And they don't understand the flood. Where did that water come from? Where did the water go? What did it do while it was here? What's the evidence of a worldwide global flood? And they don't understand the coming judgment of God on this planet. So the creation, the flood, and the coming judgment are three. Well, mile longer, we give them dentists to treat this clinically proven to reduce tartar buildup. And now there's dentistic people, which encourages chewing, keeping dogs and... I'm getting some kind of recording here back in my ear. Okay. Is that all? I, I can't hear that myself. I hear... Oh, I heard some kind of commercial sounded like... Well, uh... I'll let you fix that. Anyway, the, the, if Christians understood the importance of the creation, they would understand a lot of things, including their responsibility to God. Yeah. I've asked atheists all over the country. I've done 100 debates, and I've had, I've had over 4,000 turn me down, refuse to debate me for any amount of money. So if somebody wants to, say, hey, line up, and Kent will take you. I'll take on 10 at a time if I get half the time, and we talk about one topic at a time. That's my only two rules. See, if the creation story is true, then God makes the rules. He's the owner. He's the master. He's the boss. He can say and do what he wants, and people don't like that idea. They don't want God telling them what to do. 
And so I've asked atheists all over the world. I say, guys, I've got a simple question for you. If evolution is true, how do you tell right from wrong? On any topic, is abortion right or wrong? Is premarital sex right or wrong? Is extramarital sex right or wrong? Is infanticide right or wrong? Was Adolf Hitler right or wrong? Joseph Stalin. I mean, before you decide what's right and wrong, you need to decide how you decide. Do we decide right and wrong based upon what you think in your head? Or do we decide right and wrong? Is there an absolute standard someplace? Where is the standard? Where is the thus saith the Lord? See, the atheists don't have a thus saith the Lord. So they all do what's right in their own eyes. And it brings chaos to the world. Governments have to be run on an absolute standard. This is the law. This is what you do. The speed limit is 70. And we post it. And everybody knows the speed limit is 70 because it's posted. God not only gave the law, he published it abroad and he posted it. And it's in a book and you can read exactly what you're going to face on Judgment Day by reading God's Bible, which millions have died to preserve for us to this very day. So if evolution is true... <clears throat> There is no standard of right and wrong. That's and I've right. never had an atheist. Well, I had, one, I had one atheist answer the question, but his answer was, was stupid. <laughs> I said, uh, how do you tell right from wrong? He said, I decide what's right and wrong. He said, I am the God of my own universe. Well, I said, well, that's, well, I'm that's glad very to hear about what, what happens if he runs into another God out on the street after dark? He's liable to get his universe. Well, he did. He did that day with me. I said, well, son, I'm glad to hear you because I'm the God of my own universe, and I decided I'm going to come down there and kill you in five seconds. Exactly. He said, you can't do that. I said, why not? Where's the right right and wrong? The only right wrong in evolution is survival of the fittest, which means might. Exactly right. You can do whatever you want if you're big enough to impose your will on other people. And if you're not big enough, you are subject to whatever anyone else wants to do. You know, you for evidence, you can look at Genesis 9-6. And Genesis 9-6 explains why you can't murder a man. You can go ahead and kill cows and pigs and sheep and goats and fish and birds and whatever else, chickens and all that, no problem. You can't kill a man. Why? Because he's made in God's image. This has been the foundation. They tell you that in the Bible, Genesis 9-6. Can't kill a man because he's made in God's image. Unless he's violated God's law. But you can't just go out and knock somebody off like you'd kill a cow or a goat. It's because he's made in God's image. If none of us are made in God's image as declared in creationism, we are all targets for easy death. Evolution leads us to genocide. Evolution leads us to concentration camps, mass murder. It's all there in evolution. It is the logical consequence. If you don't have that Bible and those fundamental ideas, you're going to live in a much more dangerous and violent world. Amen. Let me give you one more that you may already know. Do you ever read Genesis 1-1, Genesis, the first verse in the Bible? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you know the significance of that? I've read it millions. I'm sure you have. I've read it millions of times. Yeah. And what, do you, what do you think it means? Here's my notion on it. We celebrate the idea that the Creator owns... The <laughs> 
we celebrate the idea that the creator always owns his creation in our modern patent laws and our copyright laws. When Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, it means he owns the whole shebang by virtue of the act of creation. And therefore, we're all subject to his laws, and he can do whatever he wants. It's a statement of legal title. It's not just a little line like, once upon a time, there was a beautiful fairy princess who lived in a castle, or it was a dark and stormy night. It's not just an introduction. It's a statement of legal title, and it's the first book, in, or it's the first verse in the Bible. Do you follow that, Kent? Oh, absolutely. One little minor correction. It should be heaven singular, not heaven's plural, in Genesis okay. 1-1. The King James is the only, only Bible to get it right. It says heaven singular, and there's a long reason for that. I published in an article up on 2Peter3.com back a couple of years ago. But that's a different topic. But yeah, I agree, brother. That's, that's excellent. That's his claim, his title. Uh, Psalm 24, same thing. The earth, the earth is the Lord's. Yeah. Psalm 24, it's his. Yeah. And, and so are you and I by oh, being created by God and particularly in his image, which gives us great advantages and obligations. Why don't we talk about right. who, so he, uh, he, who people can talk to or reach in order to help you and help generate some more public awareness of your situation. Okay, there is a loop of people that are helping spread information about what's going on. And like I have said, we need to hide this in the wide open. I have nothing to hide. All Gideon had for weapons was light and noise. Shine the light and make a lot of noise. And the enemy will fight each other, which is what happened in Gideon's case and in Jehoshaphat's case in Second Chronicles 20. You just ask the Lord, help me and shine the light and let them go fight each other which I'm hoping Congress does their job and goes and I hope, I hope they all fight each other and they let me go. I want to go back to preaching. But the, my, the secretary, volunteer secretary, is Laura Beth, L-A-U-R-A-B-E-T-H, uh, 1611, at yahoo.com. They can email her and say, add me to the loop. Or they can go to 2peter3.com and talk to the webmaster there and say, add me to the loop. I want to be kept up to speed on what's happening. Uh, my trial was supposed to be uh, September, the first week of September. Then they moved it to October, then November, then December, then January, then February, and now March. They keep dragging me out. And it's, it's they know it's hard. a stupid it's trial. Crazy. They probably even know they're likely to yeah. lose. Do you think they can stall this off well, until I, you get out of prison? Your sentence is over? Two more years? No, well, my sentence was last February, a year ago, I should have gone to halfway house. This February, next week, I should be going to home confinement. With the Bureau of Prisons, a 10-year sentence means you serve uh, 87% of it, so you serve eight years, seven months. But the last six months, you're allowed to go home. And so I would serve eight years and one month, which means I'm done. And, and you're allowed 12 months of halfway house, which is three blocks away from my house, which is a money-making racket, which needs to be investigated. They could have, a year ago, sent me to halfway house and did not. Because the Bureau of Prisons, they operate their budget based on body count, and they need me here because I have a warm body. That's the only, only reason. It's a purely evil, money-making system. In well, the Bible, God never authorized prison at all. There shouldn't be any prisons. Either fine them, beat them, or kill them. That's God's law. The heathen had prisons, the Egyptians and the Romans. So when I become king, I'm shutting the whole prison system down. At least give the guy an option. Say, hey, look, you want 20 lashes or five years? 
everybody would pick the 20 latches. And it's a better deterrent for the crime. And it's a whole lot cheaper. Because right now, you are paying for my supper. What on earth did you do? I understand. Do you think it's worse being in prison or being in that county jail? Oh, it is a thousand times worse in the county jail. The, the prison camps are like college dormitories. They're a pure waste of time. I would shut them up. The prison camps I've been at, they have no fence around them. You can walk away anytime you want. You've got libraries, you've got running track, you've got tennis courts. Uh, it's, it's like a college dormitory. Uh, and it's, I mean, I'm glad they do that. It's, it's much more comfortable. The county jail is extremely restrictive. And I've been here for five months straight. Well, they took me out of Maxwell Air Force Base. I was only there five days. Dragged me out to county jail. Never told me why. I kept, they kept me there for a month and then moved me to the Atlanta holding center, which is probably the armpit of the whole system, where you're locked in your little tiny room all day. You get out one hour a day, five days a week. During that hour, you got to take a shower, exchange your laundry, try to see your counselor if the line is less than a half a mile long. And uh, get on email and send email if there's, again, you can get through the line. You've got one hour a day, and otherwise you're locked out. Uh, We've got about a minute left at most. So are there any final remarks that you want to add? Contact information again? Might have 60 seconds. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. Get on to peter3.com. I think the whole purpose of all of this, though, is so much bigger than people realize. It's the... God wants everybody to get saved. He loves you. He wants people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And the most important thing in my life for 46 years has been spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want people to get saved and then get knowledgeable and then get fired up and go do something with it. Tell others. So if my imprisonment causes people to get motivated to do that, please do. People can get my videos and spread them. You can make all the copies you want. A guy in Dallas there has the record. He's made 41,000 copies of my videos and given them out. What's his name? Has seen thousands. We, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, oh, you caught me off guard. He's been a missionary to Honduras. He's up to right, well, we'll do that another time. Because that, uh, I, I thought it might have been. Yeah. I didn't know if it was Rudy Davis or not. I know Rudy and his wife Erin have been helping no. you, if I understand correctly. And... Uh, we certainly want to help them. I certainly want to express my appreciation for Rudy and Aaron. We have 60 seconds left. I want to express my appreciation for Rudy and Aaron for helping to make this interview possible. I want to thank Dr. Hovind for being on the program. I want him to understand, as I'm sure he does, but other people, others, there are others of us who understand that your incarceration, your imprisonment has ultimately been a tribulation for you, but it has been a blessing for certainly thousands of others, probably hundreds of thousands of others, maybe millions of others. A great deal of goodness has come from this, although difficult for you, but blessing for many of the rest of us. Dr. Kent Holman, thank you for being on the program. May the good Lord bless you and all the members of your family and your ministry, and uh, with that, we'll, we'll talk to you another time. Thank you, Dr. Holman. Hey, thank you, brother. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. American Voice.
Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Freshman, not the yeah. In uh, in the uh, advanced uh, yeah. classes. Yeah, she's really smart and all that. So, yeah, so he started reading through, you know, a few pages or something of her book, you know, just picked it up and, I don't know, something made him, you know, think to look and read it. So he did, and it was all the sex stuff in there, you mm-hmm. know, sexual kind of stuff, homosexuality, sodomite type stuff. and kind of feeling yeah, okay, so... Homosexual pedophilia okay. is what was actually described from what he read. Mm-hmm. So he was very upset, which who wouldn't be, you know, if they're a, a normal human being, a normal person, let's say. Should I say people, Frank? <laughs> normal people, yeah. Okay, because you don't like that term person, but anyway, no, or human being. who you're talking about. But anyway, so, yeah, so he called... The school board, I believe he talked to the principal and then, you know, said, you know, I need to go higher than you and kind of cut off that conversation pretty quickly. And then I think he talked to the superintendent of schools and they told him, you know, they were sorry. They didn't realize all that was in that book. No, they didn't read it ahead of time and that they were going to address this and they were going to write a letter home to the parents and apologize and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, like, they're not going to allow, they're going to let kids opt out, parents opt out. You know, what the thing is, though, is for them to say that the teacher didn't read the book that they assigned for the children to read is, you know, there's a, that's problematic on a lot of different levels. For one, you don't, obviously, you don't know what is in the book for the, that the kids are reading. It could be some pornographic uh, pedophile book like it was. But then on the other hand, how exactly is a teacher supposed to test a kid's reading comprehension of a book that the teacher themselves have never read? Uh, How do you do that? If you've never read the book and you ask some kids some questions about a book, how do you know they understand what they're reading if you've never read the book? You understand what I'm saying? Yes. You have no way to know. I mean, the kid could tell you anything. He right. wouldn't know whether he's telling the truth or not, or whether he understood what the book was about or not. You know, this is that could just be some lame excuse that the superintendent or principal, I think it was the principal that said it, but I'm not sure, made up. You well, know, I'll tell you what. It could if, just be a bald faced lie. Well, you know what? If that, you know, well, how does that lie help them? I don't see that lie helping their their position. As a matter of fact, right. I see that lie just making their position even worse. So yeah. uh, even if it was, they probably were scrambling to think of some kind right. of excuse. Okay, something. here's the thing. Let's just say, okay, forget it. Maybe it wasn't uh, a, a pornographic pedophile book. Now we have the question. So you're assigning books you don't even read? Yeah. How are you supposed to test these kids? I have a kid in a, in a in a so-called advanced class, how are you supposed to test these kids? 
if you don't know the material. That's, you know, I mean, this goes beyond the content of the book. It goes to the whole foundation of education. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're supposed to be educating these kids and saying, okay, well, we're assigning these books obviously, so you can practice reading and comprehending what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to figure out if that's working, we're going to have to test you. Right. But how do we do that if we if we don't know the material ourselves? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. It's a definite agenda, and, you know, they're sexualizing children. It's so obvious. They're, you know, Hasbro recently got caught putting out this Play-Doh toy. They make Play-Doh, and they had some kind of... Play-Doh ice a cake kit and this thing called the extruder look just like a sex toy in the shape of a male organ, okay? And I saw pictures of it. You can look it up yourself and see. Well, they got a lot of complaints. And in the article that I read about it, I think it was a Yahoo article. And this was a few weeks back or a month or so ago. Um, you know, the article that they put out there, they said that somebody – you know, their kid had this toy, and they opened it up for the first time on Christmas Day or something like that, right? I forget. And they said that they saw the shape of this toy, and they saw what it looked like, and they just laughed, and they thought it was so hilarious. You know, it was for their kid, their little kid, and they just thought it was so funny, you know, in the article they said, and and just laughed and just thought it was so, you know, just a joke, you know? It was like a joke to them. So yeah, I mean, there, funny, you just, mean it's funny that Hasbro is selling little children yeah, dildos, right? And so nice. And, and so you know, the commenters too seemed to think it was a big joke. Nobody took it seriously. I don't think I, re- I might have read one comment out of lots that I read that thought it was a bad thing. You know, the rest of them were just like making jokes about it, saying how you know, they were just saying all kind of bad things. So I mean. <laughs> They, it's obviously it's an agenda, and so after the show that night, after John called in last week, um, I just typed in a few keywords, and I can't use Google down here. So on Google, it'll tell you how many search results come up if you type this in. So I'm using Yahoo for my search, and I did it last week after the show. And I just typed in sex, books, school, WND for World Net Daily. And then I typed in a different search, sex, books, school, Fox, or Fox News or something like that. And, I mean, there's story after story, you know, of this exact thing that happened to John and his daughter in school here happening all over, all over the world and all over the United States. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I didn't have to, I just, I just wanted to bring it up because, it's happening. I mean, I knew it was happening before I looked. I knew that that was what's going to come up. And, you know, over and over, you know, um, it's there. So that's just more proof that it's an agenda. You know, I don't think it was an accident or a mistake or anything like that. I think that that's just the way it's going. You know, they want to brainwash kids about sex and perverted sex and, and get in, you know, having sex at a young age and and they're going to bring in pedophilia you know there's no doubt in my mind they're promoting transgenderism and homosexuality lesbianism all that stuff well i think a lot of it is that these these school districts they get their curriculum from the federal government yeah and they get book lists and they get suggestions and teachers are lazy 
They don't want to work. They don't read the stuff. They don't care. They just pick some things off the list and off they go. And, yeah, you know, there are some evil teachers out there that know exactly what they're doing. But the other teachers, I think the majority of teachers are just lazy, worthless government workers, and that's what they are. They're not teachers. They're nothing but worthless government employees who just want to get the day over with and get their money and get their vacation and get their benefits and get all that, get the hell into retirement as fast as they can. They don't really care either way about your kids. So they just go off the list, and that's where the agenda is coming from. And I think a lot of it is there's a lot of sodomites as teachers in the school system and sodomites as principals, superintendents, whatever. They're in there, and they're influencing the kids, and they're influencing the curriculum. They're getting well, their agenda out there as much as possible. Of course they are because, look, public school teachers are all college graduates. They've all gone to college. They've all gone to teaching college. They've all been brainwashed themselves. Every college in this country is a liberal cesspool. They not only come out of there thinking, oh, transgender's fine, uh, sodomites are fine, the communism is fine, guns are bad, God is bad. I mean, you know, you can see the hostility towards God in the public school system. You know, this is obviously also an agenda. Mm -hmm. Well, when you take God out of anywhere, you're going to end up with a void filled of evil. Mm -hmm. And and that's where these people come from. That's what hell is, it's being separated from God. And the, the universities that are teaching these worthless government employees to pretend they're teachers are also getting their curriculum from the federal government. Because... When you take money from the federal government, mm-hmm. like the universities do, mm-hmm. like the public school districts do, mm-hmm. you are required to go along with their yeah. program. Yeah, it's like 501c3 corporation. You're required to not preach about things they don't want you to preach about, you know, from the Bible, like yeah. homosexuality, sodomite, Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened, you know? Except for Obama's church and Oprah's church, you know, the um, UCC, uh, the Church of Christ um, in Chicago, they, you know, preached all kind of things about Obama from the pulpit, you know, and it was the homosexual doing it, you know, Reverend Wright, I believe he's homosexual anyway, he's no longer the preacher there, but, you know, and they had Louis Farrakhan and all these other people. Um, and a lot of murders happened from homosexuals that got murdered that went to that church, including the choir director. And I think it was a big thing where they're all having sex with, you know, who, you know? Well, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I saw their commercial for that church. Uh, are you yeah. okay over there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm stumbling around. I, uh, Not. I saw that, uh, <laughs> commercial they had from that church that they said, uh, hey, you know, basically, if uh, you know, you're any kind of freak that doesn't fit in anywhere else, you're welcome in their church. Right, right. They had like bed springs on a bed and they had, you know, these homosexuals and 
they had illegal aliens, I believe, illegal invaders, et cetera, sitting in there, and then the spring would come up and kind of throw them out like a regular church. But at Trinity United Church of Christ, they're all welcome, you know. Right. They'll take anybody's money. But anyway, so that whole thing, you know, John said they get, you know, they were going to do it within a certain amount of time, write a letter to all the parents, and he said it's been a day over a week, which is when they promised they would do it, and they hadn't done it yet. Uh, however, his wife was working, I believe, as a substitute teacher at, you know, right. one of the schools. So he, he you know, was kind of giving him a little bit of slack to right. see what happened. Right, you've got to be a little careful. Well, so then there's a story about this parent that did exactly what John did. He complained about a book assigned to his daughter at Guilford High School in Guilford, New Hampshire. He was arrested and taken away in handcuffs from a school board meeting for refusing to be quiet when repeatedly admonished by a board member, his ninth grade daughter, just like John's last week, was assigned the book 19 Minutes, came to the meeting to protest the book's assignment. And the district's failure to notify parents the book contained graphic descriptions of rough sex between teens. And so, according to the Laconia Daily Sun, he challenged the board to read aloud the controversial portion of 19 Minutes during the meeting, but the school officials refused. Before speaking, he was told he had two minutes to speak. He spoke beyond the time limit and sat down, but then exchanged words with another parent who approved of the book. So he said, what is the remedy here? The board said it would not take questions on the matter. He said, sir, would you please be respectful of the other people? A school board member responded, like, you're respectful of my daughter, right, and my children, he countered. Please be quiet, admonished admonished this board member. A police officer then arrived at the scene, instructing Bear to leave with him. He said, you are going to arrest me because I violated the two-minute rule. I guess you are going to have to arrest me. But he did get support from other parents. And Sarah Kerrigan said that she was utterly appalled that this was acceptable. My son should never have been had the book in his hand. Part of the problem was that when the book was used previously in the school, parents were notified and asked for permission for their children to participate this year. The school didn't notify parents until after students already were assigned the book and given access to the material. So they handcuffed him, arrested him, and he ended up getting disorderly conduct ticket. But I'm just saying. So this is going on all over. You know, he, he should do the research on this, and everybody should know their agenda. And and talk to the parents beforehand if you're going to go to that and school board better, meeting. And you better learn the law, too. Yeah, and get you know get them to cede their time to you, so that instead of having only two minutes to speak about it, you know you're gonna have like a lot more. That's right. Anyway, we gotta go. We're out of time. Thanks for being on, Melissa, Thank for the you. little bit of time Thank we're you for on. My anyway, maybe next week you won't break it, but we'll see you again next week, okay. folks. I'll see you tomorrow. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC didn't use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
friends, good evening, and welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we are broadcasting live this evening from southern Indiana, and we welcome you to the broadcast. We are a Bible call-in question and answer program. If you have a question or comment concerning what we're dealing with here on American Voice Radio this evening, then you call us at 1-800-596-8191. That's 1-800-596-8191. And uh, we will welcome your call. We appreciate about half a dozen people. Uh, They're in the chat room this evening. That's an opportunity that you have if you're listening on the Internet. Uh, Simply come to the American Voice Radio Network where you should already be and click on chat. And you can come in and uh, you can uh, uh, share some of your uh, brain power with the people that are there. Great and vast intellectual uh, talk taking place in there. And uh, we encourage you to come and be a part of that. As well, love to hear from you this week. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You're welcome to give us a phone call, that number, 812-653-5578. Or you can uh, drop me an email. That's free, Pastor Mike, at historicbaptists.net. That's Pastor Mike at historicbaptists.net. And we also invite you to, to stop in and visit our church website. That's www.historicbaptists.net. And you have the opportunity there, if you'll simply sign up there at the website, uh, to listen to the preaching that takes place across the Stampers Creek pulpit. And I have a number of uh, messages on there uploaded just this week. Uh, I think it's a six-message series that I did on biblical modesty. Uh, we like to put preaching on there that makes people really happy and makes them appreciate the fact that they've tuned in to this broadcast or that they've uh, come on and listened to the preaching there. But uh, you simply go on there and uh, let us know that you're interested, and we will give you the okay to come on in, and you can download those messages and listen. Uh, there are probably 40 or 50 messages on there, and Lord willing, as time marches on, we will increase that amount, and you'll be able to uh, continue to listen there. Well, again, we welcome you to the broadcast. Again, that call in number 1-800-596-8191. You know, many times on this uh, program, we have dealt with the fact that there is a great lack of truth in our country today. We see so much disparity. We see so many double standards. Uh, it's already been mentioned in the in the chat room about a Saudi Arabian prince that dies and, and half of our government, uh, prior government and and government uh, in office at this time wants to run over there and pay their respects, and yet uh, many other things, such as uh, the liberation of Auschwitz and and what took place in France and so on, uh, kind of fall by the wayside. It shows a misplaced priority. It really shows the intent and the purpose behind those that find themselves in authority today. I'm afraid for the most part, friends, that the uh, same thing is true in the pulpits of our nation today. I don't know if you've ever taken the opportunity to study about the history uh, of the pulpits in this land, read back about the 1740s and 50s and 60s, and you'll realize that that, uh, one of the means whereby the people of this country that were brave enough to stand up for their rights were motivated was across the pulpits in that day. But for the most part today, the pulpits pulpits have become nothing more than a, a sounding board for political correctness. You know, Vance Havner, and I encourage you if you ever have opportunity to uh, lay your hands on any books by Brother Vance Havner, a great old preacher from days gone by, 
but he was uh, more like the Will Rogers of his day as far as espousing some great statements. Vance Abner said concerning the fact of uh, uh, the situation that our pulpits are in today, he said this, if you want to be popular, preach happiness. If you want to be unpopular, preach holiness. And that's a very true statement. If you want to be popular today, preach happiness. If you want to be unpopular, preach holiness. Another preacher from days gone by that you've heard us quote many times on this broadcast is a man by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And we share this evening several of these quotes as we begin. Uh, we're going to be dealing with some things that are going to be of great interest if you really are a desire to hear the truth. But Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, A time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns feeding the goats. Let me give that one to you again. Spurgeon said a time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns feeding the goats. And that's pretty much what we have today. You see, friends, an evil is in the professed camp of the Lord. And it is so terrible that the most short-sighted can hardly fail to notice it during the past few years. It's developed at an abnormal rate, even for evil. It has worked like leaven until the whole lump ferments. The devil has seldom done a cleverer thing than hinting to the church that part of their mission is to provide entertainment for the people with a view of later on winning them. From speaking out as the Puritans did, the church has gradually toned down her testimony then winked at and excused the frivolities of the day. Then the church tolerated them in her borders. Today, the church has adopted them under the plea of reaching the masses. My first contention is that providing amusement for the people is nowhere spoken of in the Bible as a function of the church. If it is a Christian work, why didn't the Lord Jesus Christ speak of it? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15. Now, friends, that's clear enough. So it would have been if he had added, and provide amusement for those who do not relish the gospel. But, friends, no such words, however, are to be found. It didn't seem to occur to Jesus Christ to consider the importance of entertaining people. Then again, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, why? For the work of the ministry, that's Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. Uh, where do the entertainers come in? The Holy Spirit is silent concerning the entertainers. Were the prophets persecuted because they amused the people or because they refused? Again, providing amusement is in direct antagonism to the teaching and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of his apostles. What was the attitude of the church to the world? Well, in Mark chapter 5 and verse 13, we're told, ye are the salt. Uh, that means you're not the sugar candy, friend. Something the world will spit out, not swallow. Short and sharp was the utterance in Matthew 8 and verse 22. Let the dead bury their dead. 
Had Christ introduced more of the bright and pleasant elements into his mission, he would have been far more popular when they went back because of the searching nature of his teaching. I don't hear him say, run after these people, Peter, and tell them that we'll have a different style of service tomorrow, something short and attractive with with just a little bit of preaching. We'll have a pleasant evening for the people. Tell them they'll be sure to enjoy it. Now, be quick, Peter. We must get the people somehow. You see, friends, Jesus pitied the sinners. He sighed and he wept over them, but Jesus never sought to amuse them. In vain will the epistles of the New Testament be searched to find any trace of this gospel of amusement. Their message is, come out, keep out, keep clean out. Anything approaching fooling is conspicuous by its absence. They had boundless confidence in the gospel. By the way, those preachers in the New Testament employed no other weapon. After Peter and John were locked up for their preaching, the church had a prayer meeting. But they did not pray, Lord, grant unto thy servants that by a wise and discriminating use of innocent recreation, we may show these people how happy we are. You see, if they ceased not from preaching Christ, they had not time for arranging entertainments. Scattered by persecution, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. They turned the world upside down in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. That is the only difference. Lord, clear the church of all the rot and rubbish the devil has imposed on her, and bring us back to the apostolic methods of the New Testament. Lastly, the mission of amusement fails to affect the end desired. It works havoc among young converts. Let the careless and the scoffers who thank God because the church met them halfway, speak and testify. Let the heavy laden who found peace through the concert not keep silent now. Let the drunkard to whom the dramatic entertainment has been God's link in the chain of conversion stand up, speak up. But you see, friends, there are none to answer. The mission of amusement produces no converts. You see, friends, the need of the hour for today's ministry is believing scholarship joined with earnest spirituality, the one springing from the other as fruit from the root. The need's biblical doctrine, so understood and felt that it sets men on fire. You see, our churches today have been secularized. They've been turned into theaters, places of entertainment, places where those that invite others to come in want those that come in to simply feel comfortable, to enjoy themselves, to have such a good time that not only are they willing to come back, man, they're even willing to put some of their money in the offering play. Churches today have been secularized. Let me ask you a question this evening, friends, as we begin Has your church been secularized? Is the place where you go a true church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or there are many means whereby you can can determine that, even other than whether or not she's 501c3. If she is 501c3, 
she has, as you've heard on this broadcast before, surrendered her lordship to the civil government. Jesus gives up his lordship for no one. If your church is 501c3, your church is not a true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are many other ways to determine whether or not where you attend, has, uh, if that church has been secularized. And I want to begin this evening, and I'm not sure how many broadcasts it's going to take. But I want to show you ten signs that your church has been secularized. You see, friends, the Bible teaches that the Lord's church is, to, is supposed to influence the world as salt and light. In Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, we're told, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of man. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. But you see, friends, today, instead of the church doing what God tells it to do, the church has often been influenced by the world. I want you to take your Bibles and turn very quickly to an Old Testament book with me, the book of Ezekiel. I want you to notice one verse in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 26. Listen very carefully. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane, neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean, and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. This verse in particular sends a stern rebuke to believers who make no distinction between that which is common and that which is holy. By common, friends, we mean worldly things, worldly values, and so on. You see, in this particular series, the word secular refers to worldly rather than holy and set apart for God's purposes. Truly tonight, friends, any congregation that has no distinction from the world is not the Lord's church. The reason so many evangelical churches, and I'm going to use that as a very broad term, have grown so rapidly is not necessarily because of a true spiritual revival, but because of cultural accommodation. Let me say that again. The reason so many evangelical churches have grown so rapidly is not necessarily because of a true spiritual revival, but because of cultural accommodation. I want to share with you ten signs that your church has been secularized. I'm going to try, simply by using one particular example, to share with you the first reason that your church is secularized tonight. Number one, your church has been secularized if your church only preaches what is popular and avoids what is culturally controversial. 
Your church has been secularized. If your church only preaches what is popular and it avoids that which is culturally controversial. You know, often these secularized pastors, which is kind of an oxymoron, stay away from preaching on the standards of biblical morality, for example, so as to stay in the societal mainstream and avoid offending the visitors. The result is a membership that only hears a partial gospel without the power to renew minds, which leaves them as secular saints. Let me give you an example of one of the culturally controversial things that most churches today will avoid proving that they are nothing more than a secularized congregation. They're nothing more than secular saints. Let's talk about abortion. Oh, I know. Some of you are probably already reaching for the dial. Some of you think you've heard enough about it. Uh, The longer time goes on, the more people that consider themselves to be Christians are affected by it, maybe even personally. But this is one of those issues, among many others, that secularized churches have a tendency to leave alone. Think for for yourselves this evening, friends. When was it the last time, or when was the last time, that in your church, across your pulpit, you heard this issue dealt with? Let me begin by saying abortion is not an issue, friends. It is an evil. And fighting abortion is not a movement. It is a calling on all who bear the image of God. Forty-two years ago, U.S. involvement in Vietnam was winding down. War in the Middle East broke out during Yom Kippur. But all was quiet on the evangelical front when a graver, bloodier war was declared in the hallowed halls of the Supreme Court of these United States. January 22nd, the Supreme Court released their decision in the infamous case of Roe versus Wade. That decision, purportedly flowing from the unseen penumbra and emanations of the Constitution, ruled that no state could prevent a woman from destroying her unborn child up until the moment of birth. While the issue had been in the public eye since the beginning of the moral revolution, the evangelical church was not only less than outspoken, but less than certain on the issue those 42 years ago. Two years before Roe, the Southern Baptist Convention, passed a resolution calling for legal abortion to protect the life of the mother, including her emotional life. Paul Jewett, professor of systematic theology at Fuller Seminary, was committed to the pro-abortion perspective. The evangelical pro-life movement began quietly. I would think around 1975, two years after Roe versus Wade, when Wade, excuse me, when Dr. Harold O. J. Brown, working with C. Everett Coop, opened the Christian Action Council. What woke the evangelical conscience, however, was Francis Schaeffer, also with Dr. Coop, releasing a video entitled "Whatever Happened to the Human Race" in 1979. Over six million were already dead. 
1984, then-sitting President Ronald Reagan published Abortion in the Conscience of a Nation. By that time, six million more were dead. In the mid-1980s, evangelicals began getting more aggressive, joining with Roman Catholics in rescues across the country, blocking access to the abortion mills. Federal legislation, RICO and FACE, and perhaps Paul Hill, put an end to rescues. Not long after, the crisis pregnancy center movement exploded, growing into the 1990s. By the time George W. Bush took office, over 30 million babies had been murdered. Under President Bush, the political planets aligned such that the White House, the House, and the Senate were all under the control of the Republicans. Now remember that. Let me say that again. Under Bush, at this time in history, the political planets aligned so that the White House, the House, and the Senate were under the control of the Republicans. Now when I'm finished here, you remember that if you've hung your hopes on the Republicans doing anything now. At that same time, seven of the nine Supreme Court judges were appointed under Republican presidents. Eight years into the new century, and 10 million more babies were dead. Now, it is not my purpose tonight, friends, to challenge the effectiveness of any particular organization or to speak ill of any particular strategy or any particular party. I have, in one way or another, been watching these things for a number of years. My intent is to highlight the deep gap between how we think about abortion 40 years later and the reality. You see, tonight, friends, we think in terms of strategies and movements and parties we have the tendency to avert our eyes from body parts, strategies, movements, parties. These are all just abstractions. Listen, friends, the babies are real, and they are really dead. The anniversary is just a date on the calendar. But the babies are real, and they are really dead. Not 50 million of them, but even more. You see, friends, tonight our calling is to be as active as we possibly can. We're supposed to help when mothers get find themselves in a time of crisis. We as preachers, and I'm speaking to the preachers in particular now, are called to speak prophetically from the scriptures to both the world and the church. Remembering that one in six abortions in these United States has been with an evangelical individual. The first, what we're called to do in scriptures is to weep. First, our hearts must be broken, lest our pro-life activities lead us to forget. In our repentance, friends, we begin with repenting because for a generation we've thought and we've acted a movement 
while everyday babies are being murdered. We must recognize that the problem isn't how many were killed over the last 40-some years, but instead how many will be killed in the next 40-some minutes. And we need to pledge not to forget what has happened. We need to pledge not to forget what is happening. Finally, we have to remember that there is only one thing that can wash the blood that is on all of our hands off of our hands. That's the blood that flowed from his hands when he was nailed to the cross of Calvary. You see, this date just passed a few days ago. It's an issue in our day. It is the issue of our day. Everything else is pretty much a distraction. We're going to go on break here in just a moment. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the preachers that are silent on this issue. You stay tuned for the Covenanters call.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- 225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Welcome back to the Covenanters Call. Once again, we appreciate you tuning in. Bible call-in question and answer program, 1-800-596-8191 here at American Voice Radio. Uh, we encourage you to be a supporter of American Voice Radio. You have that opportunity right there on the bottom left-hand corner of the main page of this website. And uh, we invite you to take advantage of that special hello out there to our dear friends, our friend Deborah down there in Weaverville, North Carolina. Hello there, Deborah. praying for you. Uh, put something else in the mail for you today, so be keeping your eyes on the mailbox. And we appreciate Deborah listening in very faithfully. And more than that, we appreciate her prayers for us. We have a number of folks like that across the country. Appreciate them praying. And uh, it's always an encouragement to know that those folks are out there. Uh, again, we'd love to hear from you this week. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337, Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can uh, give us a phone call. That's 812-653-5578. Or an email, Pastor Mike at historicbaptists.net. Appreciate the folks in the chat room there, LT. I look forward to your visit. And uh, good to see the watchman in there, the man that travels back and forth across the country. Hopefully you're not caught watchman in that horrendous uh, supposed snow uh, storm that hit uh, New York City today. By the way, doesn't it, isn't it kind of uh, uh, coincidental that that uh, those people kind of uh, uh, take advantage of these situations to see how well-trained we are to listening to every word they say. Just keep that in the back uh, of your mind. But we would love to hear from this week. We're talking about 10 reasons why your church has become secularized, why instead of preaching the truth, um, it simply dances around the issues. And the first point is, uh, your church has been secularized. You have become a 
a secularized congregation, if your church only preaches what's popular and avoids that which is controversial. Now, you know, pastors today don't preach against abortion. Those that don't preach against it, and I can't say all of them don't because some do, but the vast majority, the politically correct or the politically correct out there, they'd be careful about touching issues like this because uh, they kind of signed the privilege off for doing that when they took their 501c3. The pastors don't preach against abortion for the same reason people get abortions. Stop and think about this with me for a moment. Because of fear. Because of shame. And because of a lack of faith. Uh, a few years ago, a fairly well-known preacher uh, within the conservative Presbyterian denomination found himself in hot water when he confessed that he didn't think the pulpit was an appropriate place to preach politics. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and stay with me for a moment before he turned me off. I happen to agree with him to a certain point. The pulpit is not an appropriate place to preach politics. But you see, what I mean and what he mean is, means is something totally different. I've been asked down through the years on a number of occasions by people that are in great frustration, people that are passionate about certain issues. They've asked me questions like this. Why won't my pastor preach against this? Or why won't my pastor preach against that? Or why won't my pastor preach against abortion? Well, I've got three reasons that most preachers that are secularized use today as a reason to why they don't deal with things that are politically incorrect. Um, I've got their reasons and then I have three reasons that I believe are actually closer to the truth. Let me give you very quickly what I hear most frequently. The first thing I hear is that they think this issue is a political issue. Listen, and we're not supposed to preach political sermons. Hmm. Where do they get that from? We're not supposed to preach political sermons. So. I think that's a political issue, so we won't deal with that. These kinds of preachers think it's necessary to avoid political issues. Some would argue that they avoid political issues because they are divisive. Others would say, well, we can't deal with political issues because the government forbids it. Well, they're right on the first count, you see. Uh, we're not supposed to preach on political things. Uh, they are wrong on the second count, where they say they believe it's divisive, because every truth always divides, friends. And they're correct on the third count, because the government forbids them to deal with political issues when they are under the care of the government. You see, let me give you an example. 
If you preach, okay, here, here's, here's the subject. Puppies are cute. Then you can rest assured that the kitten crowd's going to get upset. If you preach the sky is blue, then the gloomy brigade will demand to know what you have against gray. Jesus himself told us there in Matthew chapter 10 that he came to divide families. See, we should expect no less from faithful, under-shepherds, pastors behind their pulpits. As for the government, first of all, there is no law against preaching on abortion. unless you've surrendered yourself to the 501c3, then it is against the law, okay? The government doesn't have the right to decide what's to be preached, friends. The Lord decides what's to be preached. And when an individual places their church under the civil government, see, that's where lordship is done away with. Uh, Secondly, pastors most often will say that it's just too upsetting to the congregation. Uh, We don't want to upset the people. You see, these pastors are thankfully aware of what too many miss, that their pews are filled with women. Listen to me. This might upset you, but this is the truth. These pastors that say, well, we can't preach on that, It it upsets too many of our people, are aware of what too many miss, and that is the fact that their pews are filled with women who've murdered their babies. And those same pews are filled with the husbands or boyfriends or fathers that have helped those women murder their babies. And these preachers rightly recognize the crushing burden of guilt that these people feel. And they wrongfully Refuse to deal with that issue. Friends, preaching against the evil of abortion, like preaching against every other sin, must include with it the preaching of the truth of the Word of God. Rest assured tonight, all of our sins do need to be preached against. Thirdly, pastors proudly insist that they only preach the Bible and that abortion is not mentioned in the Bible. I say that's foolishness. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Now, how could one preach through the book of James definition of true religion? That it is visiting the widows and the orphans in their time of trouble and not preach on those widows who have no man to protect them from the worship of Molech without preaching on how we sacrifice our children to the bloodthirsty gods of convenience and reputation. The three real reasons I suspect preachers today won't preach on abortion are these. Number one, I think there are many pastors who think it doesn't apply to them, that their congregation's already persuaded on the issue, that their congregation is already safe on the issue. They look at abortion as something out there, something the wicked and the heathen do. 
While statistics show that in the United States, remember, I remind you this earlier, one out of every six abortions is procured by a self-identified, self-professed, evangelical person. One out of every six. What that means tonight, friends, is that every year, 200,000 evangelical women are murdering their own children. That's not a side issue in any congregation, friend. The second reason I suspect is that so often pastors don't know what to do. Not that they don't know how to preach a sermon, but that they don't know how to encourage the saints to respond to this great evil. It's rather kind of anticlimactic to thunder against the wickedness of abortion And when you get to the application, say, so write a check to your local crisis pregnancy center. Pastors don't know what to do. Although they, of all people, should know what to do. What we need to do is repent and believe the gospel. That's the solution to the problem. Hmm. Hmm. That brings me to the third reason. The third real reason pastors won't preach against abortion is because of their own guilt. They may have procured an abortion somewhere along the way, you see. They may have counseled others to procure an abortion somewhere along the way, or they may simply feel the guilt that they haven't preached on it before. So what's the solution? The solution is to repent and preach the truth. Abortion is the great evil of our day, friends. And tonight, if you're a part of a church that doesn't deal with it, because it's culturally controversial, then your church has been secularized. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 11, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Let me remind you of a little bit of history as we draw toward the end of this broadcast. Since 1973, when two women, prompted, some might say used, by their activist radical women's rights attorneys, challenged laws prohibiting abortions and won, number one, nearly 60 million unborn and nearly born babies have been killed. You realize with me tonight, friend, that that's 16% of the current population in the United States? 60 million babies who had no choice were sacrificed on the altar of choice, proving that when activist attorneys with no moral grounding argue cases before activist judges, that bad things happen. 
Ironically, the two women whose cases, and one might say bodies, were used by lawyers intent on advancing a pro-choice agenda ended up repudiating the very outcome of their cases and became pro-lifers. As a result of these rulings, millions of children are dead. Countless women have suffered. And babies with all the potential of life were left with no legal right to live. Whether they are ripped from the womb is left entirely to the whim of the mother. And the law does not protect them, the babies. Friends, the culture of death prevails in the United States. And the law will not aid the most defenseless among us. Because of our abortion laws, millions of children will never grow up. Because of our abortion laws, millions will never know their families, nor will their families know them. Because of our abortion laws, many will never sit at a dinner table. They'll never be educated. They'll never grow up. They'll never marry. They'll never work at a job. They'll never become presidents. They'll never become explorers. They will never become, become doctors or inventors. They'll never become the person that discovers a cure for AIDS or a cure for human hunger. They will remain just a statistic. One more faceless, nameless potential life that never was. They could have been someone. They could have been a treasure to their parents. They could have been a father or mother, a sibling, a grandparent. They could have led exemplary lives. They could have soared like eagles. But you see, friends, the justices of the Supreme Court, ruled by man's law and not by God's, disregarded the obvious religious prohibition against harming the little children and declared that the mother and her doctor may decide which babies live or die. You see, friends, the baby, in short, has no vote, and the law won't protect it. Kind of reminds me of eagles. Did you know the bald eagle and the golden eagle have now been removed from the endangered or threatened species list by the federal government? This is, of course, wonderful news. I'm all in favor of saving eagles, I guess, and all other species, especially our own, from extinction. In fact, our laws are so intent on protecting the eagle that simply injuring, molesting, or destroying an eagle egg could cost you a serious criminal penalty uh, and civil fines and a year in a slammer, all for disturbing an eagle egg. See, our laws today take that very seriously. Whatever else you do, don't disturb an eagle egg. 
we go to great lengths to protect unborn baby eagles while they are vulnerable and in the first few weeks of their embryonic life. In fact, the laws do more than that. They protect unborn eagles from conception to the end of life. Let me repeat that for you hardheads. The law does more than that. They protect protect unborn eagles from conception to the end of life. See, that's how much we value an eagle. What about the plover? Ever heard of that bird called the plover? Recently, a discussion about the Missouri River took place with the United States Park Ranger who managed the stretch of the river near Yankton, South Dakota. This park ranger was asked why the government was holding back so much water at the Lewis and Clark Dam near Yankton. To protect the baby plover, he replied. If we let out too much water right now, the baby plover will drown and they won't have a chance to fledge because their parents build their nests next to the water. Hmm. I guess that's a noble goal, protecting the baby plover. Imagine that. One of the largest rivers in America, dammed up and held back for months because the federal government wants to protect baby birds. Aren't we a wonderful country? What lengths will we not go to in order to protect baby birds? We criminalize anyone who disturbs them. We hold back mighty waters so that these baby plovers don't drown. I guess we'd have to arrive at the conclusion tonight that the esteem in which we hold unborn baby eagles and plovers is simply remarkable. Aren't we the great conservatists? Aren't we just wonderful people that we would think so much about a bird in the wild and be so concerned with protecting that bird to give it a chance? We don't want them little baby plovers to drown. We don't want those eagles' eggs to be bothered. We want to give them a chance. We want to protect them from conception to the end of their lives. I guess we would consider the fact that the protection that our laws today afford to the baby eagle and the eagle egg and to the baby plover are noble laws. Matter of fact, they're just inspiring laws. You know what, friends? If only unborn human babies had feathers, maybe we wouldn't kill them. You see, tonight, friend, your church has become secularized. It has become inundated by the world. It is a secular church because it's your church. They only preach what's popular, and they avoid all those things that are culturally controversial. 
woman has the right to her body. Uh, by the way, based upon the scriptures, it's not hers. It was given to her by God to live in. But she has the right to make decisions about her body, even the right to commit murder. And that child that she carries within her womb that's been placed there by Almighty God, God brings it about conception, friends. Study your Bible. You'll see what it says. Whether or not that woman's a married woman, however that baby was placed there, friend, it's not the baby's fault. And no one has the right to destroy that innocent life. That baby should have feathers so that it could be protected from conception to the end of its life, just like eagles, or the baby plover bird, or you simply fill in the blank. Your church has been secularized, friend. If your church preaches only what's popular and avoids everything that is culturally controversial, this is the Covenanter's Call. I appreciate you tuning into the broadcast this evening. would love to hear from you this week. You can write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569, North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. Drop me an email, Mike at historicbaptists.net. Love to hear from you. Give us a phone call, 812-653-5578. Special hello out there tonight to Jay. We're sure praying for you, Jay. Appreciate hearing from you. want you folks to know that we would love to hear from you as well. I encourage you to go to our church website, www.historicbaptists.net. And if you'll simply contact us through that website, we'd be more than happy to let you hear the preaching. The politically incorrect preaching, but biblically correct preaching that comes across the pulpit of Stampers Creek Historic Baptist Church. So you check that out. I hear the pipes. My time on the air is done. Until we meet you again on the airwaves, may God bless you our prayer. You folks have a good evening. Health problems rather than disease management? 
If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your healthcare options just became endless. soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Food prices going up. Homes being 
foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
but what you got to do is you got to send me a copy of the show so I can load it. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Hash. This is Health Talk, and I owe you guys an apology. Um, my computer got so screwed up, I have no idea what's going on, but I'll fix that by next week. Anyway, not long ago, the media sent out a whole mess of flu shot propaganda from the CDC, the Centers for Deceit Control and Procrastination. Um, even though the, CB, the CDC has said in the past that the flu shot was worthless. So the CDC basically is the marketing arm for the big pharmaceutical companies. And their function is to sell drugs to a gullible and an ignorant public. So the medical establishment, they don't care about your health, okay? The only thing they care about is your money, and they will, if they have to, they'll kill you to get it, and they often do. Now, Merck, for example, killed 60,000 people with one drug, and nobody went to jail. And then you see how the mainstream media prints and broadcasts and works to destroy the health of Americans by failing to inform and educate them with simple truths. You understand? So understand that the flu shot, the flu, not the flu shot, the flu is the body's effort to get rid of mucus and pus that's created from the standard American diet. And the flu is a cleansing and a healing process, and sometimes it's very beneficial because it detoxifies all your internal organs including the brain. So the flu and the common cold are the body's effort, like I said, to expel mucus and pus from previously eaten mucus-forming foods like cheese and milk and ice cream and all types of meat and cakes and cookies and chips that are made with white flour and sugar. Now, 50 years ago, White flour was used to make wallpaper paste. It is very mucus-forming, and it clogs the lymph system. In May of 1996, in Lancet, the British Medical Journal said, women who eat the most food made from white flour have the highest incidences of breast cancer. White bread, bagels, spaghetti, macaroni, cookies, cakes, pies, pretzels, this all works. Basically, it all works towards breast cancer and you getting flu shots. So the starch molecule is not soluble in water and it travels through the blood and the limb stream as a solid molecule, which the cells the tissues and the glands of the body cannot utilize it, creating the body trying to expel it. So since these molecules from these products can't be used by the cells, what do we do? Well, in high school physics, we learned that matter is neither created nor destroyed, 
it only changes form. So meat, white flour, dairy, pro dairy products all convert to mucus and pus when they're digested. And this mucus and pus travels through and permeates the entire body because of the amazing efficiency of the blood delivery and the lymphatic systems. The mucus, the pus, lodges in the lymph system, which is the home of every living cell. When the tube systems of the body become saturated, the body tries to expel the mucus and pus through the colon, the urinary tract, the nose ears, the nose, the ears, which gives you ear infection, throat, the eyes, the skin, and the head. So a victim has all the symptoms of a common cold. And when the pus clogs the lungs, it's called pneumonia. And a more severe cold is called the flu. Now, pneumonia is often acquired in the hospital from all the cheese, all the ice cream, all the milk that they serve the patient. And the pus in the body is the cause of all this disease. So when the body is so saturated, a quote-unquote cold will often be triggered by a change in body temperature. Have you ever stepped outdoors in the 30-degree temperature from a cozy 70-degree room and suddenly your nose starts running and the mucus starts flowing out of your body? That's good because the body is cleansing. The body is a, a system of pipes and tubes well over 100,000 miles in length. And when you go from outdoors into an air-conditioned room in the summer, the body contracts, and that starts the mucus flow on a hot July day. Now, here's what the medical doctors do not tell you. The pipes and the tubes in the human body expand with heat and contract with cold temperatures. This expansion and this contraction starts the mucus flowing. Everyone knows that a piece of wood or a piece of metal contracts with cold and expands with heat. So does the human body. This is the simple concept the medical establishment is ignorant about and this is why cold weather brings on the healing process. So the big pharma and big med, they want the cold sufferer to take pills and shots to stop the body from doing what it wants to do, which is expelling pus and restoring health. They also want the cold sufferer to continue eating mucus-forming foods which is a big mistake. You see, the medical industry is only interested in your money, not your health. The Americans are brainwashed by the entire establishment to destroy your health. So the current procedure in treating a cold or the flu is to stop eating mucus-forming foods. Don't take any antihistamines. Drink plenty of fresh squeezed juices, fresh water without fluoride. 
to wash the pus out of the body and restore a measure of health as quickly as possible. But removal of all the mucus and pus that is deep in the tissues requires an extensive cleansing with weeks or months of fluids and eating fresh, raw fruits and vegetables. So we're in a situation where nobody's going to tell you this because the grocery industry, the meat uh, industry, that's how they make their money. So they, they, don't, they want you on this standard American diet, which plays right into the hands of the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry. So the decision to vaccinate is yours alone. But it is a decision that should not be taken lightly or done under duress or pressure by others. Once vaccinated, the potential side effects cannot easily be undone, if at all. And what are those side effects? Well, they include death, sudden infant death syndrome, autoimmune disorders, inflammatory bowel disease, allergies, asthma, ADHD, autism, Jillian-Barr syndrome, and a host of other neurological damages. Now, the little guy in the white coat with the stethoscope hanging around his neck will most likely not connect the development of these unnatural disease states with vaccination. Whether they occur immediately after you're vaccinated or several days or months later, only you will be responsible for treating yourself or your child or your family members for these lifelong diseases. So the decision to vaccinate should include extensive research to determine if it is right for your family. So the following 10 reasons not to vaccinate are essential. First of all, vaccines have never, ever been proven safe or effective. And the vaccine studies are funded by the pharmaceutical companies that compare vaccine side effects for one vaccine to another. Now, it's true that scientific double-blind placebo studies have never been conducted on vaccines to determine their safety. So effectiveness cannot be determined unless one is then knowingly exposed to the disease entity following the vaccination. Only the antibody production is measured. Do you understand? Number two, vaccines don't work. Now, they might create a temporary increase in antibodies for a particular disease, but this doesn't equate to immunity to disease. And vaccines, with all their toxins and their unnatural way of introducing disease directly into one's bloodstream, decreases cellular immunity, which is more critical for your immune system. So when there are outbreaks of disease, the children that are not vaccinated are often blamed. 
whether the outbreaks are examined more closely, the data show that the majority of those suffering have been vaccinated for the disease, not unvaccinated. And disease charts show that diseases were most mostly eliminated prior to the creation of vaccinations. Now, what is truly responsible for more most communicable disease elimination is clean water and improved sanitation. Now, number three, the very first vaccine was a disaster. Vaccine safety and effectiveness is a created myth that is strongly embedded in our psyche and reinforced by the healthcare system. For example, the history of smallpox vaccines demonstrates that the first vaccine resulted in an increase in the disease and created additional serious health consequences, including syphilis and death. So the physician groups met repeatedly to discuss their vaccine problem. And they concluded that as long as vaccines remain profitable, they would be impossible to eliminate in spite of the evidence against them. Guess what? Nothing has changed. Not a thing. Not a. So the polio vaccine was another one that was linked to serious health consequences, including cancer and AIDS. But the statistics were manipulated to try and prove this vaccine's effectiveness. And with each new vaccine, what's come along? New health damage and created illnesses. Number four, vaccines are highly profitable for the pharmaceutical companies and the healthcare industry. The strong financial incentives exist to continue this practice, not effectiveness. You can't trust the brochures on vaccines that are provided by the pharmaceutical industry. Why? They're corporations. Corporations depend upon profit. Their objective is not to protect your health, but to sell vaccines. Number five, all the vaccines contain a number of toxic poisons and chemicals that are linked to serious neurological damage including aluminum, thimerosal, which is methylmercury, antibiotics, monosodium glutamate, your friendly MSG, and formaldehyde. And then the other dangerous substances found in vaccines include antifreeze, lead, cadmium, glycerin, acetone, and yeast proteins. Number six, every study comparing unvaccinated to vaccinated children demonstrates that unvaccinated children enjoy far more superior health. The unvaccinated kids generally do not suffer from the upper respiratory illnesses, the ear infections, the autism, the ADHD, the allergies, the asthma, and the autoimmune disorders and all the other diseases in comparison to those that are vaccinated. Number seven, the vaccines cause 
a host of chronic, incurable, life-threatening diseases that we mentioned, including autism, asthma, ADHD, autoimmune disease, Jillian-Barr syndrome, food allergies, brain damage. So number eight, the only way to create true lifelong immunity to a disease is through natural exposure to the disease in which the body creates true antibodies and immunity on many levels. Number nine, vaccines kill infants, children, and adults. And there's such strong evidence out there linking vaccines to sudden infant death syndrome. And more than 100 previously healthy young women have died as a result of the human papillomavirus vaccine. The flu vaccine has been documented as awarding the most money for serious health injuries, including death. And the long-term effects of vaccines are unknown. It's a medical experiment on your health for which no one knows the long-term health consequences. And the U.S. children are given far more vaccines at younger ages compared to other countries. And what do we have? Infant mortality rates for the U.S. kids are one of the worst in the world especially compared to countries who vaccinate their children less and who have widely raised vaccination ages. And last but not least, if you or a loved one suffers from a vaccine injury, pharmaceutical companies and physicians have absolutely no financial liability because in 1986, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was formed, eliminating the ability to directly sue pharmaceutical companies or healthcare practitioners responsible for vaccine injuries. So you're on your own to try to regain your health in the event that you are vaccine injured. And the expense and the suffering is yours alone to face. And hardly anybody will be awarded money for the funds set up by this National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act because the system is designed for individuals to fail in making their claim of vaccine injury. And the public pays for this injury fund in the cost of taxes on vaccinations. I mean, you know... I, I I don't like to be the purveyor of such negative stuff. But this is this is true what is going on out there. And unless you can take responsibility, unless you can make the individual changes. Look, I I understand we're all conditioned. I was no different than any of you. I've said so many times in the past, my parents, you know, when I was a little kid, gave me everything that I had to face in the mother and dairy products, and nobody could relate to the fact that I had thousands of allergies, that I had asthma. Of course, I was vaccinated, and that's when the asthma started. Nobody could relate to that. It's because they were conditioned, like their parents were conditioned, and their parents. And this is the way it goes. 
yet one day I, I just decided I'm going to change my diet and see what happens. And I changed my diet. My allergies disappeared. I got rid of my, my asthma. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, where did all this come from? Why all of a sudden now is this working, but it never worked before? It never worked before because no one ever told me. I wasn't aware. I had no idea. And this is the reality of the situation. So let's understand something. There's no wasting time here, and you've got to know, and you might be aware of some of the following tricks and the lies and the schemes and the plots to keep you malnourished and in need of constant medical attention. But then again, you may not. So the biggest lies in the world are the ones more likely to be believed. And the big food industry has that kind of money to spend on you. So let me give you some of the biggest lies that the food industry is dumping on you. You might see a label that says, for added freshness and as a preservative. Okay, so the preservatives will kill fungus and mutate human cells into cancer, yet those slogans are seen on bread all over the world and on jar labels for just about everything. And then, as a preservative, hey, sodium benzoate is a chemical that's used to, to stave off fungus from growing on foods and for the molds that kill taste and spoil goods on the shelf sooner. Unfortunately for us, it deprives the cells of oxygen. So the fungus killers and the mold inhibitors can also deteriorate the myelin sheath. You know that cellular structure that insulates the nerve cells? Do not be fooled by tricky big food slogans. And while benzoic acid is naturally found in low levels in many fruits, the sodium benzoate listed on a product's label is synthesized in a lab just like the genetically modified foods that's put out by the biotech industry. Then you have all natural. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. If you think that those words change anything about the quality of the product, oh boy, you are mistaken. Why? Because the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, has no parameters for health here. Then we have pasteurized. Oh my God, that's pasteurized. That must mean it's healthy. Yeah, it means that it was cooked quickly at high heat and it cooks all the nutrition right out of the food. That's why the dairy industry tries as hard as they can to shut down farmers of organic raw milk because if people caught on to the fact that organic raw milk has nutrients, which actually in food can do a body good, they would freak. So batch or vac is the simplest and oldest method of pasteurization. It heats the milk to over 150 degrees. 150 degrees. What does that do? 
It kills the enzymes, it kills the probiotics, and it kills all the nutrients. And the raw food experts will tell you that most food cooked at 118 degrees becomes useless. And then you add back some dead vitamin D to the milk. That's also another ploy to confuse the people who find out what pasteurization really means. And I'll tell you something else. Most, most of your orange juice that you drink for breakfast is pasteurized. Then you have the RDA, the recommended daily allowance. Recommended daily allowance of what? Of dead food? Of genetically modified food? Of hormone-laden food? of conventional milk, of meat, of cheese, wheat gluten, the dirty dozen fruits and vegetables, that's all cancer food. So tell us again, what is the daily recommended allowance of cancer food, please? Or oh, here's another good one, farm-raised. <laughs> farm-raised. That means that the fish farmers can breed their fish in a pond or an indoor tank system where they can create unnatural breeds that are larger and give them hormones to make them bigger and more cancerous for profit. That's what farm-raised is with fish. Then if, if it says um, 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 ranch-fed, ranch-raised, you know what that means with, with meat? That means they open up the door to the slaughterhouse for an hour a day and they let in air. That's what that means. There's no such thing anymore. You believe it? Hey, I have a bridge in my backyard that I've been trying to get rid of. You know, I can sell it to you cheap. The other thing is GMOs are not even labeled, especially in the U.S., except for a few choice states, we hope soon. But even then, they're trying to call in the politicians to put... Um, clampers on that. So you talk about tricky. How about tricking people into eating genetically mutified, mutated food that's corrupt with pesticides, insecticides, and herbicides? You think that's cool? Hey, why should you read about it? If you read about it, you know it's there. You won't buy it. But they, but Monsanto and all those guys, they say it's food. And then they say there's, there's no significant difference between milk gal given milk from cows that are given the bovine growth hormone and regular milk. This is industry crapola to cover up the fact that artificial and synthesized growth hormones given to the cows to make them fatter to produce too much milk will also cause health detriments for humans that consume that milk, cheese, yogurt, etc., and this hormone, the RBST, the recumbent somatotropin, also called RBGH, recumbent bovine growth hormone, it increases the amount of the IGF-1 in milk, which is a chemical that has been linked to cancers. And then they, the big food industry, will tell you that the bovine growth hormone is a protein hormone. And then they'll tell you that it's digested like a protein. It's like you wonder if these people, when they walk down the street, why they don't poke the people in front of them with the fact that their noses are at least three miles long like Pinocchio. 
the hormones are manipulating normal hormonal balance. And Monsanto's version of bovine growth hormone uses genetically engineered E. coli bacteria. Those hormones are banned in Japan and Australia in 25 countries of the European Union. But in the U.S., in God we trust, all of us pay cash. So you've got to think before you eat or drink cancer. GMOs, nothing but dead toxic food labels with tricky language to sound healthy. Second guess anything that's not organic or grown by a local farmer that you know that doesn't use genetically modified seeds, synthetic bug and weed killers, toxic fertilizers, fluoridated water, or growth hormones for animals. You see, this is what we're up against. We are really up against stuff like this because it's crazy. It is crazy. But no one cares. All they care about is how much money you got in your pocket. You got a buck, pay me. You got two bucks? Hey, it's even better. I like you better than these other, other guy with a buck. You got 20 bucks? <laughs> we'll give you honorary membership to our grocery store, and you can get a this. Why doesn't anybody get it? So we're talking about food that's heated to over 118 degrees, right? So what ingredients in your favorite foods and synthetic are synthetic and made in a laboratory to preserve or spice up your dishes? Did you know that most added and fortified vitamins and minerals are useless and the body is simply unable to assimilate or use or even identify dead food. And the worst part about dead food is that much of it is actually toxic and carcinogenic, and it slows down the normal digestive process, and it drains real nutrients, which creates, which caters to lethargy, and it weakens your immune system, and brings about so many common ailments. As, as you may have heard of live food promoting life and conversely dead foods speeding up the aging process or death. But did you know that raw food can reverse the aging process? Think about this. If your daily intake consisted of 80% raw organic fruits or vegetables or more every day and all of those live nutrients made you feel alive and energetic all day, how much more would you enjoy everything you do? Do you feel cooked or tired? Does your brain ever feel fried? If you're eating processed foods, does that mean you're partially synthetic as well? Do you really feel alive every day when you wake up and after big meals, or do you just want to lay down and sleep it all off? So what the animal and the insect and the microorganism DNAs that were contained in the last three meals you ate, basically you're growing pesticides in your gut. And the biotech scientists are in the labs right now figuring out new ways to kill insects, worms, beetles, fungus, and weeds by inserting the DNA 
of other species and pesticides into seeds. So could you be altering your cells and turning them synthetic by consuming synthetic foods? Of course you can. It's called synthetic biology. Genetically modified wheat can cause liver failure. Genetically modified corn can cause cancer tumors. This is how your body reacts to genetically modified food. It wants no part of it. You're not a bug or a weed. Do not eat a bug or a weed killer. GMOs are the anti-human technology. They threaten the continuation of life on the planet. And they're far worse to threat than terrorism or even the threat of nuclear war. It's time to understand that your symptoms are your body's way of telling you, like your automobile does when the check fluid light comes on. You know what I mean? Your body needs to constantly be firing on all cylinders so it won't break down when you need it most. And that's every day of your life. So how often do you eat genetically modified foods? Did you know that the pesticides destroy the good gut bacteria, which is your flora? And over the past few years, a few pioneers of Western medicine have connected most health problems to an unhealthy gastrointestinal, the GI tract. And Hippocrates proclaimed all disease begins in the gut. And the Chinese and the Ayurvedic medicine has known this for thousands of years. And most of the mainstream modern medicine has yet to accept the recent rediscoveries of this fact. And this acceptance gap has increased. And the GI tract connections to mental health have now been established. So this means that not only is your energy totally drained out of you, but your mental capacity, your balance, your central nervous system, it's all being thrown out of whack. The digestive system is home to trillions of microorganisms, like an amazing ecosystem living in harmony. And the synthetic foods, and the foods that are laced with the insecticides, and the fluoride, is the main root cause of all disease today. You have heart disease, you have autoimmune disorder, you have allergies, you wonder why? You know, you have control over brain fog and lethargy. You can radically improve your health and your level of energy right now. You are what you eat. So eat live food and you'll feel alive. Let me, let me tell you a couple of things, okay? Most of us, because of the food we eat, are run down. We have a lot of disease. We're so screwed up, we don't know what to do. So it's baby steps. So I'm going to give you some baby steps to take baby steps with, and if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't want to do it, you don't do it. But ultimately, the responsibility lies in you. Number one. I sell several products. 
and I'm not hawking products. The only reason I sell the products is because they work, and those that took a walk on the wild side to try them have been reordering and reordering and reordering and reordering, so obviously the proof is in the pudding. Number one is the organic sulfur crystals. The organic sulfur crystals reverse just about everything, just about every communicable disease that you've got. I got an email from a guy who told me that all his life he had high blood pressure, and three weeks after taking the sulfur, his blood pressure came down to normal. Then I had another guy or a woman tell me that she had historically low blood pressure. And then after about a month of taking the sulfur, her blood pressure came up to normal. And it reverses just about everything. Why? Because sulfur used to be in the soil. And then the Rockefeller switched to the petrochemical fertilizers, and it took away all the sulfur. Nobody got sulfur anymore. This is just putting back what you need, but what was deliberately taking away from you, taken away from you, so you couldn't remain healthy. That's number one. Number two, I came across a bee pollen in Hawaii that was the most unreal bee pollen that I ever saw and tasted and ate. And I've been eating it for months. I do a tablespoon a day. Why? Why do I do bee pollen? It's got all the B vitamins. It's got all the 20 amino acids in it. It's full of probiotics, antioxidants, enzymes. It builds and strengthens the immune system. And it is incredible. It melts in your mouth. It's unbelievable. You just need to refrigerate it. Now, what was weird, when I first got involved, I noticed it was selling in the stores. Six ounces for $18. I said, nah, come on, man. That's, that's driving people to bankruptcy. So I got friendly with the guy who harvested the bee pollen, and I said, do you have anything bigger? And he said, well, yeah. He said, the biggest container I have is a pound and a half. I said, if I want to order a pound and a half from you containers, how much would that cost me? He said, well, that would cost you $27. Okay, it's getting better now, okay? If I was going to buy that in the store, that would cost 50 bucks in those little six-ounce containers. Now he's selling me a pound and a half for $27. You know how much I sell it for? I sell it for $30. I make $3. $3 is like, doesn't even cover the gas to go from my house to the post office when I have to mail it. Why do I do that? Because it's not about making money. It's about making people healthy. Okay? That's me. I'm crazy. Shoot me. The next thing I came in contact with, my son turned me on to it, who's very athletic in Florida, but he's got the crapola diet, standard American diet, which... Fortunately, after I spent a week with him or so, uh, he managed to change somewhat. I mean, he's eating more natural. He's cut back on all his flesh foods and his dairy. He's lost nine pounds in two weeks. His energy level has increased, and this and he has not turned completely vegetarian. So just by making one little change, so he turns me on to a product 
that's called Shakeology. Shakeology is a superfood. It's got 42 superfoods in it that will build and strengthen the immune system like crazy. Now, I, I don't sell it. You have to go to the company to order it and buy it. But the good news is, if you don't like it, after 30 days, you send them back your package. They send you back your money. Seriously. So let me tell you about Shakeology a little bit more. They have two vegan products. One is vegan chocolate. One is vegan strawberry. I'm hooked on the vegan chocolate. I love it. And every morning... I take the packet, I open it up, and I put it in my blender, and I add about eight ounces of water or almond milk, and I put in a banana and some blueberries or whatever, and I blend that up, and I do that for breakfast, and I don't get hungry for at least five to six hours. And I'm not making that up. I'm serious. It takes the place of a meal. So if you want to know more about and they make Vegan strawberry, vegan chocolate, then they make regular strawberry, regular chocolate, regular vanilla. What's the difference between vegan and the other? What The other has whey protein in it, which comes from berry, and I'm vegan, so I don't do that. And the vegan has bee protein, not B-E-E, but E, P-E-A, pea protein. Okay. So you need a pencil and paper. You need to write this down. <clears throat> Sorry. You go to www.beachbodycoach.com forward slash Hesh Goldstein. I'll do it real slow. www.beachbodycoach.com h dot com forward slash h e s h g o l d s t e i n beachbodycoach dot com forward slash hash goldstein. You go in there and you can order a month's supply. Now, once you order, it goes on auto ship. Oh my God, auto ship! Now, what if I want to cancel? If you want to cancel. You call the company directly and you say, I want to cancel my auto ship. And they will. And then if you decide in a month or two or three you want to start over, you call the company, you go back online to beachbodycoach.com forward slash hash goals and you do it again. That's how cool they are. But you've got a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it. So don't hesitate. And the third superfood that I found was unfortunately another multi-level company and the product is called Zeo and they have 30 superfoods in it. So I'm getting every day 72 superfoods. With the Zeo, it's easier because those guys, it's like if you want to cancel your auto ship, it's like you have to walk around naked around your block 25 times. No, I'm serious. It's really difficult. So what I do with the zeal is I bring it in, I hold it, you want it, I send it, and the rest is history. Now, you can go to www.healthtalkhawaii.com. That's my website. You can listen to hundreds of radio shows. 
You can read hundreds of health-related articles. You can go under products and you can read about the four products. And the website is free. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to um, do anything to sign up. You can just go to it and you can do that. But I'm telling you that you need to go more plant-based in your diet, number one. You need to take superfoods to build and strengthen your immune system, number two. You need the organic sulfur to reverse all the problems that you have in your body right now, which is also on my website, can be ordered for, from my website, which is healthstalkhawaii.com. And the bee pollen is an added boost to the immune system. And it is unbelievable. I mean, you know, people have shortages of vitamin B12. The bee pollen contains vitamin B12 with all the other B vitamins. So this is what I do. This is how I do what I do. I, I am giving you information not to be a conspiracy theorist, not to rain on your parade, but to tell you why you are the way you are and who is perpetrating that. I do my radio show in Honolulu. I've been doing that since 1981. Since I went on the air, I've been paying for my own airtime, and I don't have any sponsors. The only reason I did that was because I did not want the truth compromised. I get no coverage I'm a, I've been on the radio in Hawaii longer than anybody else. I get no coverage whatsoever. My book, The Same Diet for an Insane World, none of the TV stations that interview local authors want to touch me with a 10-foot pole because it goes against your advertising dollars. So while I do not make money from any of the stuff I do, I give out information that will help my brothers and my sisters. I, I don't I don't know how to say it any differently. So even baby steps, there it's simple. Anytime you have a question, anytime you, you have a, a concern, call me. I don't care. My phone number is area code eight zero eight two five eight. One one seven seven. Area code eight zero eight two five eight one one seven seven. And I would like to know how many people that are on the air anywhere give out their phone number. And why do I do this? I, I just I don't want to help people. That's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else but help people. If I can't help you, then there's no point in me doing what I have to do. And that's the only reason I'm doing it. I want to help. Because you're not going to get it from anywhere else. You're just going to get screwed, blued, and tattooed by the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the grocery industry, the Meatpackers Association, and the biotech industry. They are all corporations. Corporations are only in business to make money and sell stock and raise their profits so they can send out more dividends to their stockholders. Keeping you sick benefits them. You need to understand that. 
If you don't, well, you know, <laughs> what can I do? I can't, I, I, you know, the last chapter in my book, Insane Diet for an Insane World, is at the water hole. I can lead you to water, folks, but I can't make you drink it. You've got to do that. And when you, you know, my, my, my stick always has been, try it for a month or two. Really, force yourself to try it for a month or two. You don't like the results, go back to doing what you were doing. If you like the results, keep on trucking down the road because that's the road of sunshine, not the road of gloom and doom. I'm not sure how much more time I got left. Um... I'm thinking that the end is in sight, but I don't know. So I'm just going to keep rambling here. Um, If you can also... um, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, now I know. Georgie Boo is telling me... Georgie Boo is telling me that I only got four more minutes. American Voice Radio says this show... Plus my Hawaii show on his website. So if you go to archives and you go to Hesh Goldstein Help Talk, you can hear all the shows. And I, I really and truly look forward to hearing from you guys. I really do because this is why I do what I do. We're all brothers and sisters. We all have the same father. We gotta look out for each other. So I let George Harrison do his thing. And uh guys later. Aloha. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. Denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LMB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Food prices going up, homes being 
foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do either. Messiah's Branch at the Mission Church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steppen, and you're listening here on American Voice Radio Network. I'm a little, uh, I'm just a little discombobulated here because I was just finishing up listening to a a YouTube clip that I'm going to play for you because uh, this is something that you need to hear. I don't know how many of you actually watch the, uh, like, C-SPAN, you know, the Senate hearings for this criminal, Loretta Lynch, who is Obama's new Eric Holder, if he gets his way. And honestly, you know, the United States Senate that is now controlled by Republicans needs to defeat this woman 
and say, no, I'm sorry, you are not fit to be attorney general. Now, you might say, well, uh, why? Because she's a woman or why? Because she's black or why? Because of... No, because she's a criminal. For one, forget about you know anything else. She is a criminal. She is a federal prosecutor in New York, and she has screwed over victims for the benefit of the criminals so they will give her information. Yeah, she screwed victims out of $40 million in restitution so the criminal could keep it in return for helping her. Yeah. But more than that, folks, more than that, what about illegal immigration? What about enforcing the law? What about the fact that, hey, can you get a job? Now, are there jobs out there for you? Or do illegal aliens have a right to that job that was yours as an American citizen? Or even as a legal immigrant? Well, let's listen to what Loretta Lynch said. The president's action would give people who came here unlawfully uh, the right to work, the right to participate in social, in social Security and Medicare. When Congress has not uh, done that, allows them to stay for at least a period lawfully. Uh, let me ask you this. In the workplace of America today, when we have a high de- number of unemployed, we've had declining wages for many years. We have the lowest percentage of Americans working. Who has more right to a job in this country? A lawful immigrant who's here, a green card holder, or a citizen, or a person who entered the country unlawfully? Well, Senator, I believe that um, the right and the obligation to work is one that's shared by everyone in this country, uh, regardless of how they came here. And certainly if someone is here, regardless of status, I would prefer that they be participating in the workplace than not participating in the workplace. Oh, really? Well, that's because Loretta Lynch has never worked a day in her life. She's nothing but a government parasite. You see, because she's she would rather see all the illegal aliens taking your jobs. It's their right. It's their right, she says. Really? Well, folks, I think maybe it's time you contacted your senator and said, you got to be joking me, man. You got to be kidding me that you're even considering this woman. And if you are on this judiciary for uh, chair uh, committee, I mean, and you're coming up for re-election, you better find a new job if you vote yes on this one. I'm serious, folks. This this woman is bad. You think Eric Holder was bad? You wait till you get a load of her. I'm telling you. You know, you thought George Bush was bad? Wait till you got, you got a load of Obama now, didn't you? Well, the same thing's going to happen with Holder. Yeah, Holder's bad. Yeah, Holder's a criminal. Yeah, Holder ought to be in prison. But Holder's about done. He's treading water. He ain't got much else to do. You can see he's trying to leave some sort of legacy that doesn't make him look like the big criminal that he actually is. But uh, Loretta Lynch? Really? So illegal aliens 
have a right and an obligation to work. Really? Oh, I'm sure she'll spin it some other way going, oh, well, you know, that's really not what I meant. What I meant was we don't want them on welfare. Really? Well, what's the choice, Loretta, when you allow illegal aliens to invade the country? Either they're going to be on welfare or they're going to be stealing American citizens' jobs. Or they're going to be robbing and raping and pillaging, which, you know what? I'd leave them that option because I think Americans can deal with them. Folks, you have a government in Washington, D.C. that is without any kind of law, without any kind of consent of the people, just saying, screw you, we are doing open borders, we are going to a one-world thing. You know, you all griped and complained about the North American Union. Well, guess what? They said, all right, fine, we won't do an official North American Union. We'll just open up the borders and we'll just destroy this country to where there is no United States of America, and then it'll all be one happy big North American slave labor camp that the corporations want. That's where this is going, folks. You know, I'm telling you, these people that go there in their nice clothes and they're, oh, they're so meek and, oh, wow. Very educated answer here. Until these people start ending up uh, in suspicious depth. Oh, gee, uh, that's too bad. Uh, gee, I wonder what happened. Oh, must have been a mugging. Maybe it was an illegal alien that killed you. Oh, well. One more parasite gone. I'm telling you people, these folks, they, they have completely disregarded the law. This is not a nation of laws anymore. This is a nation of the elite deciding, well, we're going to do what we want. Here's some comments. So she likes a lawless government and unemployed USA citizens over a government that honors its existing laws. Law and order, here's another one. Law and order is dead. Only arbitrary power rules the land. Another one. As worthless as her predecessor and the man who would be her boss. Hopefully they have enough sense not to accept her. Yeah. So, you know, people are seeing this, but do that your visitors do? Everybody's talking about, oh, oh, she's a chewing. Oh, she's a, she's a sh- Well, let's hear something else here. You know, I, I never really cared for Stevie Wonder. But here's something that really got us. Stevie Wonder was one of the many high-profile performers at gospel legend Andre Crouch's funeral. 
But some funeral attendees were surprised when Wonder made political statements that instead of focusing on the Grammy-winning singer's life and accomplishments, took the opportunity to say that Obama's goal of inclusiveness was largely thwarted because of hatred towards him because of his skin. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Really? He's a Muslim communist homosexual. I got plenty of reasons. You know what? The biggest thing I like about Obama is that he's black. It's all the other things about him that I really don't like. This, you know, Stevie Wonder is a race bait piece of garbage. And usually I don't pick on blind people, but you know what? Go sit down. And he also supports freedom of speech, he says. But he says we should make laws against people criticizing religion. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Wonder's remarks from the event can be heard. There's a video. Uh, you can look it up, you know, on the on. says, we live in a time where I believe we have a president that truly wanted to see the world come together. This nation come together, but yet too much, too many people are judging their dislike of him based on the color of his skin. And I know there are some who say, no, that's not true, but I'm telling you what I see, said the blind man. Okay. Yeah, that goes to show. Yeah, this is what Stevie Wonder sees. Yes, I truly believe in freedom of speech. I really, really do believe in that, he added. But I think if we don't put some limits to us being able to give praise to that one that we hold sacred, we got a problem. Put some limits. Oh, limits. Like, you're not allowed to say, in Jesus' name I pray? You mean limits like that, Stevie? Why don't you join Andre? You know, I think we've heard just about enough out of you. Who listens to these people? And then, you know, then there's this other one that I, I told you about already. Oscar... Actress frontrunner. I don't believe in God and gun, gun control is a must. You no, know, I just, people like this just, they make me sick. I mean, really, they just make me sick. So, you know, I mean, but hey, this is what it has to be, folks. You know, a lot of people think, well, hey, you know, uh, Well, I don't think so. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be really bad. But you know what? If it doesn't happen, nobody's going to live here. You know, that's what the Bible says, that the days would be shortened because if they weren't, nobody would survive. Even the elect would perish. 
you know, and even at egg. And if it were possible, the elect would be deceived. So I'm not trying to say, you know, who I, I don't know who the elect are, but whoever they are, you know, they hold a high place, and it's so it's going to be so bad that if it were possible, it would be deceived. So, you know, it's really not a it's really not that surprising that when you look at these godless animals that are running around pretending to be men and women, it's not so surprising that they are completely deceived. They have no clue whatsoever. And you might say, well, now that's pretty harsh because I know some people that are good Christians and yet you know, they believe what the government says. They believe what their doctor says. They believe what all that says. Well, I got bad news for you, folks. I know one thing. I don't know who the elect are, but I know they're not. Because you know what? If you are deceived, you are not the elect. So, I don't know who is the elect. And as time goes on, more and more people get deceived. So just because you're not deceived today doesn't mean you won't be deceived tomorrow. So, you know, don't get all, uh, you know, happy and proud. Well, I'm not deceived. So. Not necessarily. I'm just saying, people that are deceived are definitely not the elect. And you know what? Just as people today may not be deceived and tomorrow become deceived, people that are deceived today may tomorrow open their eyes and see the truth. It ain't over till it's over. But you know what? Here's the thing. When it's over, it's over. At that point, too late. Well, here we go again. The Federal Communications Commission. You know, these people in, in... Wouldn't it be better if they just took a break and... I don't know. Never came back. Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't we all be better off? Well, today they changed the definition. Yes, they changed the definition, you know, because they're allowed to just gag. Well, you know, that, that's what it used to mean, we're changing it. They changed the definition of broadband to increase the threshold speed. Of course, this has already angered cable companies in a three-to-two vote. The commission approved a measure that increases the minimum standard for broadband speed giving the agency more power to force Internet service providers to improve their service. Now, you might say, well, gee, that ain't right. That ain't fair. That, you know, I see where the cable companies are. And, you know, I might too, if not for the fact that everywhere else in the world that we consider civilized, 
they not only have higher speeds than we have here, but they also have more you can get internet basically anywhere. Not here in the United States. Oh, I'm sorry, you're too far away from the main thing. You'll have to pay twenty times more for rotten satellite internet service that gives you like a few gigabytes of data every month for four times as much as DSL costs. Yeah. That's what it's like here in America. Japan, you know, Japan's Internet should embarrass anybody in the United States telecommunications business. Okay, anyway, the definition of broadband is set to be raised from 4 megabits per second to 25 megabits for downloads and 1 megabit to 3 megabits for uploads. With that speed as the benchmark, significantly fewer Americans have high-speed broadband. Yeah, that's for sure. Under the previous definition, 19 million Americans were without access. The new definitions mean that 55 million Americans, or 17% of the population, do not have access to high-speed broadband, according to the FCC's 2015 Broadband progress report, which is the final editing process but was cited at the hearing. Yes, now, you know, the cable companies and I'm sure the phone companies are all upset because now they're going to look bad. They're going to look what they deserve to look like compared to the rest of the world, okay? Because you know what? Anybody in Japan who would get four megabits, by the way, where I live, that's the highest stable DSL speed we can But any Japanese that you tried to give four megabits to would laugh in your face and say, what are you, you know, what are you, some kind of caveman? What am I supposed to go back to dial? What is this, dial-up? But you see, the cable companies and the phone companies have been able to pass that off to Americans as broadband. You're getting broadband. You're not getting broadband. Okay, you're not getting broadband. The FCC chairman, Tom Wheeler, had repeatedly expressed support for the proposal ahead of the vote. In his remarks at the vote meeting, he was critical of the telecommunication companies, including Verizon, Comcast, and AT&T. See, they've been spending all their money paying off their stockholders and buying back their stocks so their stocks can all rise on the stock market. And everybody can say, "Woohoo! We're having a we're having a you know rebound in the economy. Look at that stock market go! Hey, baby! Oh yeah, man! That's great." Instead of investing in making the Internet faster and more accessible. No, 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 no. We have to profit take. He said these companies' statements to the commission differ wildly from what they tell consumers. That's because, you see, the government has allowed these corporations to lie to consumers. Oh, but if you tell somebody, hey, you know what? Garlic. You're the cold. Oh, you've got to go to jail. You can't put that on a label. Oh, that's horrible. you got no scientific data. Oh, my gosh. you got hundreds of years 
of people knowing this is the truth, but, oh, you can't put that here. That's fraud. That's misled. But you can have corporations lie to you and say, oh, well, you know, hey, uh, we're not going to tell you really what's in this food. We're going to rename MSG 50 different things. We're going to take aspartame, and we're going to rename that 50 different things. Yeah. We're going to try to put aspartame in your milk, and, and, and we don't want to tell you, though. See, we don't want to tell you. And, uh, oh, what do you mean we have to tell you? That's, oh, that's not fair. Yeah. Anyway, part of his testimony included an incredulous reading of advertisements promoting the company's seemingly fast broadband speeds. Our challenge is not to hide behind self-serving lobbying statements, but to recognize reality, said Wheeler. Our challenge is to help make that reality available to all. Yeah, the cable industry's largest lobby group, the National Cable and Telecommunications Association, said the statement that changing the definition is an attempt by the FCC to expand its ability to regulate industry. Ah! You know what? No, it's not. It's basically saying, you know what, now, yeah, we're going to regulate you to the point where, you know, around the world, broadband is not considered four megabits. But you're selling your services to Americans as broadband when it's not. So we're going to raise the limit. So now, if you want to call it broadband, you better bring your speeds up. If not, you just call it, hey, crappy old Internet service like it is. While cable network internet speeds already meet and exceed FCC's new broadband description, uh-huh, we are troubled that the commission majority has arbitrarily chosen a definition of broadband in the Section 706 report that ignores how millions of consumers currently access the internet. Ignores how millions of consumers? No. You see, they want to call it broadband because they can say, well, we're giving you broadband. Oh, God forbid the American people wake up and realize they don't have broadband compared to the rest of the world, that the rest of the world is passing them by, that Verizon and AT&T, AT&T have been screwing them all these years, taking all that money from broadband, and instead of expanding it and making it faster, they've been paying their shareholders and boosting up their own stock. Instead of an accurate assessment of America's broadband marketplace and the needs and uses of consumers, the FCAC action is industrial policy that is not faithful to Congress's direction in Section 706 to the market, but a clear effort to justify and expand the bounds of the FCC's own authority. U.S. broadband speed clock in the uh, in as the 25th fastest in the world. You get that, folks? 25th fastest in the world. 25th. Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, Finland, France, the Netherlands, they all have faster broadband speeds than the United States. And guess what? That was only five. Five or six. Yeah. 25th. Woohoo, boy, we're really steaming away, aren't we? Yeah, sure we are. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
never asked you for nothing. Not one question. Never asked you for loving. Get our vegetables from is dead. 
meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC continues commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is a coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
We're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 29th of January, 2015, and it's about 1246 out here, almost 1246 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. It is Thursday, so if all that works out for you, we're live, which means you can participate in the show. 800-596-8191, or go to the website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link, click it, go on in there. And it's, you know, real easy. You can chat with the other folks in there. You can ask, like, or nothing. You know, you don't have to. Anyway, let's... uh, Get to some news. Let's see. We've already, you know, gone through the Stevie Wonder thing, and, you know, everybody hates Obama because he's black. That's what Stevie Wonder sees. And uh, then their Oscar actress frontrunner, she doesn't believe in God. She does believe in gun control is a must. Folks, you know what? You need to stop supporting these people. Let the liberal homosexuals, let them pay them. You know what? This is the whole thing. These guys like Stevie Wonder and his race-baiting pieces of garbage like uh, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, you know, they always seem to leave out the fact that, you know what? Blacks are 13% of the population. That's men, women, and children. Guess what? Blacks don't vote very much. So, say 50% of them vote, which would be a landmark, okay? It's more like 25% of, of, of the 13%. But let's just say that it was 6% voted. And obviously, they're all going to vote for Obama because they're not racist because they just vote for Obama 
because he's black, and that's okay. That's not racism when you're black. But it's racism if whites want to vote for whites. That's racism. But blacks, 90% voting for Obama. That's not racism. (laughs) Anyway, what they like to leave out is, oh, wait a minute. So 6% of you voted, and you all voted for Obama, we're going to say. You know what? You're not winning any presidential election with 6%. You're not you're not winning any presidential elections with 13%. So guess what? Oh, what are you going to say? Oh, well, it's all, it's all the Mexicans that voted for him. Really? Okay, so they're another 14%. Half of them don't vote. There's seven. Hmm, let's see. Let's do some math. Six and seven is 13. Ooh, let's, let's boost it all the way up to 15%. Why not? hey, let's really be nice and say 20%. So there's all the Mexicans and all the blacks. They all voted for Obama. Plus we added a few, uh, you know, 5 or 6% that don't really exist. But, hey, we'll call it 20%. You know what? You're not winning any presidential election with 20% of the vote. Who's left? I'll tell you who's left. Whites are left. That's who elected this piece of garbage in the White House is white people, not the blacks, not the Mexicans. White people put Obama in the White House. You know what? You better start looking in the mirror and realizing you are the biggest problem in this country. Not the blacks, not the Mexicans. They're, they're a minor, they're a minority, okay? It's you. You see all these people lining up for gun control? They're not blacks and Mexicans. They're all white women. And I mean that literally, white women, because some of the preachers out there might look like men, but they're not really men if you talk to them. They're this feminized, whatever they are, Democrats, yeah, feminized Democrats that pass themselves off as men, but they're not. Oh, we're so scared. We got to get rid of the guns because somebody could kill me, and and I've got my cell phone to protect me. Really? Wow. Well, that's fine, but you know what? Time's coming when these people are going to be nothing but victims. And, you know, it's good they're getting a lot of practice at it because, you know, they're victimized everything. Oh, well, things didn't go exactly the way I wanted. I'm not as happy as I think I should be. Uh, my life, uh, my, my quality of life isn't what I think it ought to be. Uh, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of something. Uh, somebody's victimizing me because I don't feel as happy as I, I think I should, as I feel I should. As I'm not as happy as my therapist says I should be. I'm victimized. I know what it is. My parents did something to me 50 years ago. Yeah, that's it. Mommy yelled at me. Oh, my self-esteem went right down the toilet. Oh, now I'm a 50-year-old worthless individual because of that. 
Oh, I had a teacher in school that didn't tell me I was pretty. Oh. Yeah, welcome to America. That's what we're dealing with now. And you you think that, you know, it's going to be okay? Really? You think we're going to be okay? You think we can fix this? Because, oh, I know all we need to do. We just need to reelect or unelect or you know, get somebody else or get some real Americans in there to run for office. Well, you know what? Americans don't want real Americans in office. What Americans want is somebody to go in there and tell them nice, pretty lies and send them lots of money and say, hey, here's your check, here's your house, here's your thing. Just do what you're told. Get in your jail. Tell, oh, it's about to snow. Maybe get in your house and don't come out or we'll arrest you for your own safety. That's what Americans want. hate to tell you, this is not the country your great-grandparents grew up in. My dad is probably spinning in his grave wondering why he bothered to go fight the Japanese. 